welcome to None of My Friends Like Comics. This is a podcast where a comic book enthusiast talks to a newcomer about a piece of work in the medium, and we break it down to see if my friend, the first-time reader, will pull it or drop it. I'm your host, Nick Poffenbarger, and my co-hosts today are Watchmania alumni Max Ravenscroft and Josh Longhoffer. How's it going, guys? Uh, I'm actually not Max Ravenscroft, according to the Joker quiz. <laughs> I am the Batman, which is bullshit. You failed the Joker quiz hard. It's so... I'm, I'm so... I'm so fucking twisted. I like how that ended up being I think a prerequisite. You're, you're not twisted. That's what we learned. That's yeah. what's bullshit. <laughs> I like how he ended up doing that was a prerequisite for this fucking episode. <laughs> was we had to take a joker quiz. I, Stupid I, buzz. Josh, I ended up as the Heath Ledger Joker. I was, I was so Mark mad. Hamill Joker. <laughs> so mad about both of those. <laughs> Did you say Brett took it too? Yeah, Brett. Why did Brett take it? He got he got the fucking um Gotham Joker. Oh yeah. Who's not even the Joker, <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know. Who watched Gotham? Someone? Apparently. Nobody I know. But yeah, I'm pissed because <laughs> I'm the most like Joker and everyone knows it. And Are we including this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's an inside joke that's gone on way too long. But <laughs> being the most like X, but Joker is the funniest one to say that you're most like. Anyway, so... But, <laughs> so... Yeah, though, it's a uh, Watchmania reunion here for uh, the new year. This is the new year episode. Happy 2023. Yeah. 2023 Jokers. Jokers. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be so sick if there was 2023 different Jokers. That's the the next book. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, so, um, and yeah, you know, I had to bring out uh, you two Jokers to usher in the new year with, you know, It's, it's all good. I thought most mostly you picked you picked me to read this because you knew I didn't want to read it. That too. <laughs> um, but, you know, so today we are gathered to talk about, as I've said before on this podcast, our lords and saviors, the three jokers. Um, uh, and I ain't talking about us three sitting around recording this podcast today. <laughs> OK, I, I, I'll keep the, the, the joker jokes to a, a minimum here. But um, anyway, so let's get into some facts and background on this story. This one comes to us from DC Comics. is written by Jeff Johns, our friend Jeff Johns, who we talked about multiple times in Watchmania. Art by Jason Fabic, who we talked about in Watchmania as well. He drew the Batman issues of The Button. Okay, that's where I kept thinking that that's where I knew the name from. Yes. Colors by Brad Anderson, another colorist we know who we've said is great, uh, and lettered by Rob Lay. This is a three-issue series from DC's Black Label imprint that premiered with issue one in August of 2020 and concluded in October of 2020. It is the follow-up to a few story threads primarily laid out by Johns, the biggest one being Dark Side War, which he did with Jason Fabic. Batman, in that story, sits upon the Mobius chair and asks what the Joker's name is, and the chair responds, there are three of them. But we didn't know that for years, that that's what the chair told Batman. No, we knew at the end of that story. I thought it just said, it just showed him going... That's impossible. Yeah, that's the initial thing. But then at the end of the story, he says, like, okay. he says it's okay. a, there are three of them. Yeah. So that was in 2015. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, long wait. Uh, they were like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> we wrote ourselves into a corner. And so Three Jokers is the story of three Jokers going out there, <laughs> causing, <laughs> causing mischief and making Batman's name look bad. And along the way, we get a story rooted in themes about how people deal with trauma This is showcased by giving us the titular three Joker characters and juxtaposing them with three Batman characters who have been most affected by the Joker over their publication history. These three would be Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl, Jason Todd, a.k.a. Red Hood, and formerly the second Robin, 
and Bruce Wayne himself, a.k.a. Batman. The Basement Man. The Basement Man, yes. Let's go into some expectations. What did either of you expect going into this book? Uh, I've, I've held this over your head, Max, for like a year yes. at this point. So I've always thought the, the concept of the three Jokers uh, was... was what a funny sentence already. I thought it was I thought it was a, a kind of a bummer, like that that's what the Mobius chair told Batman. I like that you would just hear the concept and you're like, that's a bummer. <laughs> that's um, a bummer they're gonna do that. This was one of the ones where I had the most like unshakable negative pre impression, I guess. I don't know how like right off the bat, you mean? Right off the like, bat yeah. I was like, I don't I don't wanna read that. And I tried to not let that color myself actually reading the story. Mac. I don't know why I was such a negative Nancy about it. Josh, what did you expect going into this one? So kind of the opposite. Uh, okay, because oh, we can talk formally about it then. We mentioned it on the last episode with The Killing Joke, how I sent you on somewhat of a journey yes, to, yeah. to read this book. So we, we decided we were going to do this one a while ago. and very I will Very similarly, I picked this one because I thought it would be interesting like Doomsday Clock as well, too. Mm-hmm. This is a very similar motif here, mm-hmm. at least for this. And then if you listen to the previous episode, we, we talked about The Killing Joke by Alan Moore. But you also sent me on reading A Death in the Family, Under the Red Hood, and then I picked up a Hush because he was mentioned. Yep. All of those leading up into Three Jokers was fantastic. I'm so glad you had me read them because... Yeah, you got a nice sampling of some Batman stuff, some pretty iconic stories. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed all the time I spent with, with those stories, much more than the time I spent with this story. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I, if you hadn't read Death in the Family and Under the Red Hood, you would have been like, who the fuck? Yeah. I, like, I, I basically told Josh to read those so I didn't have to explain Jason Todd like <laughs> like really thoroughly. I mean, I will go over him a little bit, but yeah. But anyway, I, I knew I knew how apprehensive Maxwell was about reading this and just the story in general and how opposed to it he was, but how interested you seemed in covering it. So I was like, there's got, there's something here. There's got to be something about this that is, you know, redeemable other than the the silly idea. Yeah. I don't think that any of us can deny at the end of this episode that it's not worth a discussion. I think that there's a lot to cover and a lot of interesting things similar to Doomsday Clock. Although this one, obviously I think warrants more uh, negativity straight up going in than Doomsday Clock did. <laughs> well, it sets up. Um, stuff that it doesn't resolve doomsday clock resolved for the most part that's, that's true enough my main issue with this story is not the story it is the fact that it's only three issues oh you think it should have been elaborated on more my, by far yeah really okay well well that's that's an interesting play we're all coming at this from slightly different angles then so i will say for me i remember when this book finally came out being <sighs> morbidly curious this was post doomsday clock was this 2021 2020. Okay. Post Doomsday Clock, which contrary to my tone a lot of the time on the episode about Doomsday Clock, I liked it. But this idea was always so goddamn stupid sounding to me. <laughs> the three jokers. But then I also had the the caveat of like, oh, well, it's Jason Fabic on art, though. I love his art. I always it's have. It's pretty to look at. Yeah. And, that, and, and, and that's it what, is. That's what comic books are for, I think, more is to just look at pretty pictures. I don't think there's really a, a point to them having stories or words, you know? <laughs> it's, it's three jokers should have been a coffee table book. No, but, <laughs> but like, I also wanted to see, because, you know, it, there was such a long gap between they ever even addressed this, that I wanted to see if it was some super convoluted, like, multiversal fucking bullshit situation. And spoilers, it's not. And 
I think honestly, it's much better for it, but we'll get into that later. Like I said, I'll get into my reaction kind of as we go along. But suffice it to say, a lot of people were waiting for this book like it was like the second fucking coming. I don't know why. Sure, maybe it could like translate to a cool story. But I don't know why anyone would hear there's three jokers and like genuinely be one surprised and two like give a shit. I think it's because the average person (laughs) is a little twisted. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, now we could be three times twisted. Can I ask you something real quick? Yes. Is that a typical Joff Johns thing to put out a story hook and then uh, that story hook fucks off for five years? Absolutely not. This is just a coincidence that it was Doomsday Clock and this? Yes. Okay. Absolutely not. And Doomsday Clock was handled with much better, like, you know, I mean, in the, in the fact that we did get, like, little things in the air. Three Jokers, fucking nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. So much so that, actually, I didn't even write this in my notes, but there's a funny story where when I went to New York Comic Con in, like, 2019, I met Joshua Williamson, who we know is the writer of The Flash uh, when we did The Button, currently writing uh, Dark Crisis for DC and a bunch of other books, and Tom King. I met Josh first. They were signing at the same table, but they were had different times. Tom King was right after him. So I met Josh. He was super nice. Got back in line to meet Tom King. And Josh left, came down the line, looked at me, and he was like, hey, when you get up there, because Tom King was writing Batman at the time, he said, ask Tom about the three Jokers. He was telling that to like a bunch of people as we went on. And then he came up and it's just like, so Josh said to like, ask you about the three Jokers. And he was like, motherfucker. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah. (laughs) Cause, cause the three Jokers spoilers never mentioned in Tom King's Batman run. Not once. It would have been funny if he, if he just had like, we have a mandate from DC that like, you have to draw Joker one of three ways randomly. (laughs) (laughs) It almost feels that way sometimes, but yeah, like I think it was one of those things that were John's set that up and kind of like doomsday clock was like, nobody touched that. That's mine. But then couldn't get to it for five years, you know, like time constraints aside on this book, I was still interested in the idea of it being possibly good. I was like, if it's a train wreck though, I kind of want to see it too, you know? So mm-hmm. I did want to go over just some the three characters I mentioned earlier with, because they're kind of our, our main characters is that's Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, Jason Todd, Red Hood, and Batman himself, uh, just in the context of this story. So like what you learned, Josh, and what you already know, Max, just from various other things, Jason Todd, Red Hood, he was the second Robin killed by the Joker in the eighties, late, much, much later, 20 years later, uh, resurrected, through chicanery, super boy prime punching reality and shit, and then coming back in a Lazarus pit somehow. He thinks that's Batman's fault. Anyway, so like it's uh basically Jason comes back, but he's kind of like a, a murdering vigilante guy. And Jeff Johns doesn't seem to know in this story that Red Hood kind of gets redemption eventually in his own books and is a part of the Bat family, even though he still has guns and stuff. I don't understand. But Jeff Johns thinks that's stupid. I think that's stupid, too. So I'm fine. We with literally business. when we covered the button, like he took the guns away from his own dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't quite feel I, I felt like there was still just just the general tension that there's always between. Batman and Jason yeah. less so than that. He wasn't welcome in the bat family. Yeah. They've been through that and he's, and Jason's friends with Bizarro and Starfire or whatever. And uh, anyway, so like you don't need to know any of that shit. You just need to know that Jason's back. He's a vigilante and him and Batman don't agree on things. Josh, did you know the the thing about that? Jason's death was left up to like uh, a fan. Yeah. It was like a poll. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone robocalled. Yeah. There, there's like, there's like rumors and kind of conspiracies that it was rigged to have Jason die. Really? Yeah. By a fan who like 
Robo called it. Interesting. In, in, interesting. in this one, I think there actually is a panel from a death in the family, like an alternate panel mm-hmm. of when he survives. And that's actually in the copy of death in the family. Yeah. When he, when Batman's smiling, holding mm-hmm. the body and yeah. he says like, thankfully he's alive. Yeah. Because they wrote an ending depending yeah. on what the fans voted on. Really? So yeah, they, they have had... both, both endings are drawn by Aparo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't remember where it is. We'll, we'll come across it, but yeah, that the, there's a panel in here that is exactly the same as the one from death yeah. in the family. So, you know, Jason, he has a bunch of, you know, problems and, uh, He's kind of an angsty uh, asshole, <laughs> basically, who shoots people. But, you know, and he's been traumatized by the Joker. Obviously, he was killed by him. So and then we get to Barbara Gordon, who we discussed at length uh, in the last episode, me and Josh did, and the killing joke, who was crippled by the Joker by being shot, severing her spine through chicanery once again of retcons and, you know, reboots and stuff. Uh, she got better from her paralysis and uh, now she's back girl again. But she's still obviously very traumatized by that. That's all we really need to know about her. Batman, he's been dogged by the Joker since the first day they met. So that's his whole shtick, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just had to get that out of the way (laughs) for context. We are Uh, up top. Chicanery is off of the allowed words for the rest of the podcast. I want to say it again. You got one more. I like it. And then it's in the trash. I like it. I'm going to control F my notes. (laughs) Chicanery comes up. I wanted to say, um, I was talking about this with my wife earlier. Um, Three jokers. Yes, actually. She was like, it's really funny that I caused you to have a conversation with your wife about three jokers. I think I I was kind of giving her the backstory of of Jason and Barbara a little bit. And I came to the conclusion that Barbara's probably my favorite of the bat family. Um, She's, I mean, (laughs) she's clearly the best one in this book. I sometimes like, (laughs) I can find her, She's very much like the lawful good yeah. one. And it can be kind of her like goody two shoes. She's the most well adjusted somehow. She can, it can be a little like too like, we have to go tell the cops. And, but, but then on the opposite hand, you got people like Jason who are like, fuck that. <laughs> you know, and it's like, shut the fuck up. But Jason's I, like, I'm going to pee on the cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that we're all on the same page of making fun of Jason in that mm-hmm. way. That's <laughs> Well, I mean, that is what we decided is that if I can't be the most like Joker, I'm the most like Red Hood because I say the ass word and I shoot people. That's somehow worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I just Barbara's probably my favorite of the the protege bats. I, I loved her in this and I loved her a lot in uh, White Knight. Yeah. Yes. I thought yeah, she was a fantastic character in White Knight. Yeah. I like Barbara in general. I think that she's a great character no matter what mantle she's holding up. We talked about it in the killing joke a bit, but I mean, like I, I liked her a lot as Oracle. Mm -hmm. I like her before she's Batgirl. I like her when she's Batgirl. I, you know, she's, she's a great character. And, uh, you know, even though, I mean, she is one that's had consistent publication, like in her own book and things like that. Like, I feel like she's, uh, sort of underutilized in the grand scheme of the Bat family, um, especially nowadays, which is kind of a shame, but, but you know, She's still got like, you know, relevant enough to have like, you know, a big fan base and stuff. And like, you know, the people who love her, love her. And uh, at least she's still around. I guess uh, let's just go ahead and jump on in the story section here. This is where we go through and recap the story beat for beat to give context for our discussion. We'll be giving our opinions and thoughts as we go. So that means full spoilers ahead. You have been warned. I feel like I write this every time that you're on the show, Josh. But uh, this story starts off with the nine panel grid. Hell um, yeah. <laughs> So, I, I refuse to cover one that doesn't start, it doesn't the, nine start the nine panel grid. <laughs> no, but uh, so yeah, it starts off with the nine panel grid sequence. and rain. Uh, yeah, and rain. Quite uh, a startling intro. Yeah, yeah. I actually I dig this intro I quite was a like, bit. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah. So like, uh, it basically depicts 
uh, an injured Batman on the brink of death, it seems, uh, crashing into his parents' gravestones uh, before leaving a bloody trail up to Wayne Manor. We get some great panels of like the Batcave and like many various displays and trophies Batman has kept. Uh, one particular is kind of focused on it's a glass case with a bunch of Joker memorabilia. It's got like, you know, the, the gun from the killing joke, an acid flower, laughing fish, etc. We see Alfred helping Bruce to uh, an operating table to fix him up. And uh, there's a nice moment where Batman says in a weakened way, he's like, my parents, Alfred interrupts him and says he'll fix their markers after he's done fixing Bruce. We get to see Alfred like he's like cutting the bat suit off of Bruce and stitching him up. And uh, we find the wound on like his side that he's like, you know, bleeding from was from the penguin stabbing him with an umbrella, <laughs> which is kind of a funny interaction because he asks him like, what was it this time? He's like an umbrella. And we see a little flashback. But uh, this leads into some really great silent panels where we get a depiction of some scars on Batman's body. Some scars is an understatement. He <laughs> a lot, is yeah. Covered in scars. But um, and then like a single flashback panel of how he got them. So we see like Bane breaking his back, Riddler, I guess burning him with his riddle stick <laughs> and then Catwoman scratching his chest uh, killer croc like taking a chunk out of his arm and scarecrow stabbing him and shit <laughs> with a pitchfork and then there starts a theme here where it's like it's acid from the joker then a cut from the joker then a puncture wound from the joker and bruce sits on the table kind of becoming surrounded by the memory of joker's <laughs> laughter and uh we get something I bet you guys have never seen, a flashback to the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne. Is this the first time that this they've shown what happened to Batman's parents? That'd be fucking hilarious <laughs> if they, <laughs> they had never shown it. No, but like, uh, now, I won't get into it other than saying Fabic beautifully depicts it mm -hmm. in these flashback panels. I really love his version of the events. Uh, the only thing that I would say that's of note to pay attention to is after Joe Chill shoots Thomas and Martha, he aims the gun at like the crying little Bruce and Joe Chill has like this mean look on his face. Then he runs away. That's just important for the rest of the story. But his gun is also, you can see his hand is shaking. You can see it's shaking at the beginning there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can tell he he's... Oh, he is shaking it. Okay. But his, but my point is, though, like, too, his, his face looks very stern and mean. Much like more so than when he shot his parents. Yeah. Like, in those previous panels, he looks more concerned. That's true. I guess you could, you could kind of justify that by being like, oh, am I going to kill a kid? Or, mm -hmm. like, yeah. no, I'm just going to run away. So, um, but yeah. So, as we get out of the flashback, Bruce and Alfred hear a news report being broadcasted about a uh, Joker sighting. It seems that the Joker has murdered the last members of the Moxon crime family at, like, this diner, only leaving one witness alive to tell the tale. No, the Moxon crime family was originally accused of arranging the murder of the Waynes before Joe Chill came forth and, like, confessed to acting on his own. It was just kind of a random crime. Batman reaches for his cow, and we get a caption box that says, one, the criminal. So we're depicting what the three different Jokers are, because mm -hmm. they each have a name. And one is the criminal. We then cut to Barbara, who is just running on a treadmill at the gym. And uh, the TV, like at the gym, is showing a news report of another Joker killing. This time it's uh, a comedian who used to, I guess, like dress up as Batman and do like a, a fat Batman routine. Like Batman. A, like a fat Batman. Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Joker like live streamed the murder, basically. As Barbara listens, she runs so goddamn fast or something that she breaks the treadmill. She walks off and a guy even says, damn, she broke another one. Uh, this is one of the constant scenes in which the book practically points at her legs and says, look, strong legs, she's better. And look, I am all for Barbara coming off like competent and powerful. She deserves it as a character and she is but this book will not stop showing me her goddamn legs and i'm like i get it 
Okay. I honestly didn't. <laughs> I thought of it more as like, she's over, uh, she's just taking out her frustration and, and anger by exercising. She is, hard. she is, but apparently she's done her. this, she's done this many times. Apparently I didn't think about it as, as them saying like, <laughs> look at her legs. They they are clearly doing that at least later. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe not this scene, maybe like, but like there's so, there's quite a few scenes later where it's like, that's the point, you know, like I'm surprised that she doesn't fight Joker with just her legs, <laughs> but like maybe her maybe top she- half like detaches <laughs> And he like, cuts off her arms. <laughs> <laughs> she still defeats him. <laughs> Maybe she ran so fast she created a bat point. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's how her legs got healed. Yeah. Bat point. I get it. It's a symbol. If not the symbol this book uses to show how Barbara overcame the trauma of her being paralyzed by the Joker. But like I said, that still doesn't change how dumb it is that, you know, she just got better from paralysis. I still hate that. And it doesn't change my opinion that this metaphor becomes really stale by the end of the book. Yeah. Real quick, because I guess it's it's a little bit in focus, but <laughs> I love the way uh, Mr. Fabic draws hair. Yeah. He makes hair look very like lush and pretty. Yeah. And nice. Particularly like Barbara's and Jason's hair in this book. Well, I really like Jay. I really love the way that Favic draws Jason. Yeah, they, they both look fabulous. Or in turn, how he draws every Robin. But yeah, it's like a, it's it's yeah, they just look fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, but um, yeah. So Barb takes a shower after her workout, and she remembers being shot in the Killing Joke. And uh, she turns off the shower, and we get a caption that says "To the comedian." We then cut to Jason Todd, aka Red Hood. Now, I guess I guess before he even heard anything, he's just roughing up some Joker gang members in a graveyard. He's listening to a news report in his helmet that is basically saying that there's been a third Joker sighting at Ace Chemicals, and some bodies have been discovered there. Some of the gang members get Jason like to the ground, and he remembers like being beaten by the crowbar Joker wielded in Death of the Family. Jason then gets uh, the better of the gang members, asks them where the Joker is. They don't know, so he fucks them up, grabs his helmet, and moves on. We then see a caption box that says, three, the clown. So a running thing in this story yeah. is that uh, Jason needs to either keep his helmet on more or have it secured better. Yeah. yeah. He does constantly have it taken off or, yeah. or is taking it off yeah. in this story. That's like why he you, just preemptively wears the mask underneath. It's like when you watch a movie that's, you know, based on like, like hardcore, like military people or whatever, but the main characters are big stars. So they always are taking off their like helmet or safety gear. Although I will it's say, like, what are you doing? Th- this isn't something that John's invented, but I do like the, <laughs> the idea that Jason keeps the domino mask on. Mm-hmm. Like he, oh, the the eyes, yeah. Like yeah. he keeps the domino mask on. I also like too in this story, and I think that this actually was kind of a new thing for his costume. But he clearly wears like the flared uh, version of like the Robin tunic under. I was his, thinking uh, there's there's a point. It was maybe in the third issue where the the shading and the lighting makes his black stuff look a little green and red. Yeah, I, I didn't know if it was on purpose or if it was just how I was seeing colors or. Well, you know, but. I didn't want to do too much research into the fact of whether or not I was uh, right about those things being, you know, little memories he likes to hold on to as being Robin or like it was important to him because uh, I need, because if it wasn't, if that's not the reason, I need every reason that I can to actually like Jason. So uh, yeah, his, it, the, the, <laughs> the tunic he wears um, over his jumpsuit and under his jacket looks like his Robin tunic. Yeah. Tunic. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. So We cut to the crime scene at Ace Chemicals and the GCPD are examining the bodies left and it's three bodies all dressed up like the classic Red Hood. The police have like this kind of funny back and forth where they are guessing which crime was committed by the real Joker. They think the other crimes are copycats and uh, they like take bets and shit. (laughs) Um, But because unlike Batman, they don't know 
that the cosmically powered uh, Mobius chair told him there were three Jokers, which never comes up in the story, by the way, I should mention. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, Batman shows up to examine with them. He tells them since the bodies were bathed in the chemical acid that Joker was created in, they have no identifying marks. Is that like a new thing or is that <laughs> no. like an existing thing? No, because like that that's kind of why they don't know who he is. Okay. Like, I mean, that makes sense. It's just that like normally the Joker, like chemical acid compound, whatever the fuck, like doesn't usually just turn them into the Joker as well. You know, it's like it does a... different things that the Joker is like a one in a million chance. That's how I always looked at it. You know, like it's like it's a weird concoction that worked this one time. Mm-hmm. But in this story, it it mostly kills people. <laughs> I found <laughs> it. I thought it was pretty ridiculous that they were like, <clears throat> it broke their jawbones. So we can't no dental records to change their DNA. It broke their jawbones into smiles. And it's how twisted it was. I was a little like, well, that's, that's a bit of a stretch, but okay. And then the acid smiles at them. Yeah. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, so like, you know, he does recognize that they look like, and were chosen to represent the three men who were there the night of the killing joke. Now, when I first saw these three, like with their faces revealed, I thought it was just a really on the nose homage to the killing joke because those are just the same goddamn characters. Mm-hmm. But Batman literally says they were meant to represent those three. So Joker found some fucking lost twins or something then because like these guys are literally just the same people. But whatever. Maybe he had plastic surgeons mm-hmm. come in and make them look like that. But anyway, Batman explains like this in a conversation over the comms with uh, Barbara, who is above on the railing Joker fell off like all those years ago. And uh, it's kind of funny because Bullock thinks that Batman is like talking to himself and losing it. And uh, there's, that's just a fun little moment between him and Gordon. Uh, they think he's talking to himself. But Batman deduces that the bodies were meant to distract not only from the other crimes, but the fact that a tanker truck was stolen from the plant as well. Batman glides down and says that Joker looked into all the security cameras, like just looked directly at them like he wanted to be seen. And there's a pattern with these other crimes. The diner had one survivor. The live stream showed the Joker like they want people to know there's more than one at this point for some reason. Uh, They also mention that they aren't sure what concoction the tanker truck was loaded up with. And Bullock says paperwork isn't a big priority with Ace Chemicals. How? I wondered that. too. (laughs) I always scream at that part. I'm like, how is this place still open? Mm -hmm. Literally every other business in Gotham, as we will see in this story, is abandoned for no reason other than, I guess, not enough profit. But this place created the Joker and continues to have bad business habits. And uh, they're fine. They're still open. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's all good. They keep a giant vat of acid over similar to the one that created the walkway over it no covering just open (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they don't keep their paperwork straight is there no osha in gotham (laughs) they can't make it the roads are probably fucked up so like anyway batman thinks it contains something similar to what made the joker then out of nowhere they hear laughter one of the victims is still alive and uh, they rush him into an ambulance Batman and Batgirl escort the ambulance, and along the way, they have a weird interaction where Batman asks Batgirl if her father knows who she is because he gave Batman, like, a disapproving look as they left. Barb says no, and that he's just on edge like they all are when it comes to the Joker. Meanwhile, inside the ambulance, uh, the EMT back with the victim is actually Jason, Red Hood. I like Uh, to pretend that he was wearing the mask the whole time that he was, like, They just didn't notice. Yeah. He does have it on when he faces him. Yeah, that's <laughs> just funny. Yeah, Jason just like manhandles this dude and aggressively questions him about the Joker's plan and like his whereabouts and stuff. And the driver's like, what the hell? And the ambulance swerves and Batman like jumps in, kicks the door back door in and uh, tells Jason to let the guy go. 
They start to fight for a little bit, but then Batgirl slashes the ambulance tires. And uh, we then cut to a full page of Joker in the tanker truck trying to hit a raccoon on the road. Uh, I, don't, I got nothing on that. I don't know. I, just, um, I, I thought I, it was funny. <laughs> but, um, he drives along, arriving at a creepy cabin in the woods from like a fucking horror movie. He knocks on the door and another Joker answers in the Killing Joke vacation shirt. And they have a little argument about whose shirt it is. And I'm like, fuck, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. I I really, one of my favorite depictions of the Joker is the, the Killing Joke with the hat. And all you can see is his pupils as, as yellow pinpricks. Yeah. That's like the most... Like to me, like that's like the scariest like image of the Joker. It's you're just gonna, you're gonna laugh when you hear our Killing Joke episode because yep. that's literally what we talked about. <laughs> I, like, I figured, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, that's probably like my favorite way to see the Joker. Yeah, it's a great, it's an iconic outfit. There's no spooky. But eyes. what's not iconic is is him going. Well, the other the trucker Joker going. What are you doing with my shirt? And he goes, By golly, it's my shirt or whatever. And you're like, I did think Fuck. that was silly because it was like, well, clearly it's his shirt if he's the one who is. Wearing it originally. We don't know, though. But I Who's do. Joker's who's? Fuck. Who made these jokes? <clears throat> we don't know. Anyway. <laughs> the who, va- who jokes the joke man? Yeah. <laughs> the vacay shirt one tells the trucker one to come inside and see what the boss has been cooking up for. So we go back to the Bat family, and Batman has administered an antidote that nullifies the toxins to keep the victim stable. And I'm th- just thinking, why didn't he do that before? Anyway, why doesn't uh, Jason know he has that? Why doesn't he like give it to the hospitals? And- why a lot of things, guys, you know, but it, three jokers. Okay. Anyway, so whatever. Uh, Barb confronts Jason and Jason is an asshole. She does condemn him a bit for interrogating a victim, but Jason is like, that guy beat his kid. No mercy. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like in the nineties as a person. And, uh, <laughs> and Batman like proposes like, even though tensions are high, that since the Joker isn't working alone, neither should they. And we then see the meeting of the three Jokers and get the reveal of this uh, boss Joker, a.k.a. the criminal, who is like uh, an older looking Golden Age style Joker. Who doesn't really smile. He does not smile. He's frowning um, the majority of the time. The other two ask what's next. And the criminal says, we do what we always do. We try to make a better Joker. And I thought he might pull a pinky in the brain and say, take over the world. (laughs) 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 Fuck. Max, how'd you feel reading that? I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. They're making more jokers. I thought about telling you like, hey, when you get to page fucking whatever, you call me and read it. (laughs) Because I mean, there's plenty of stories, you know, where like the Joker releases his toxin in the city and makes everybody crazy. Jokerized. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. But this is like, they're literally just like. No, she. <laughs> That's probably how he sounds too. Yeah. <laughs> we do what we always do. We try to make a better joker, baby. <laughs> but so the criminal then states that one of them is tasked to go set up the factory, while uh, the other will help him with their casting call. The Bat family heads to the recently shut down Gotham Aquarium. Basically, Jason had actually done some detective work and he found traces of clean seawater on one of the Joker thugs like tools. And uh, they reason that the aquarium was shut down by them since uh, they said like two days earlier, they had like these plumbing problems and the aquarium was like forced to shut down. So, I love like, what an Uber specific he would like found seawater on one of the thugs weapons. And then he was like the aquarium. Well, no, I just he, love- s- he says it's because it was too clean to be from the harbor. Oh, like, yeah, like he does deduce like it's yeah, that's the only no, place I, you I like that. It. Like it shows how much work they put in 
Oh like, yeah, that is such. Oh, a you're like actually complimenting. Yes, it's yeah. such a specific, <laughs> like ridiculous detail to notice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they they do show off some some decent detective work in this story, at least if anything. But uh, Batman compliments Jason like for his detective work, but says uh, he should have let him in on it since, uh, you know, if Batman knew earlier, they could have saved lives. And Jason refutes this by saying Batman always wants to handle the Joker alone. And Batman says that that's before there was three. And uh, there is also like a tense interaction where Jason basically just complains to Batman about how the passenger seat in the Batmobile is too small. Like he doesn't want someone there. (laughs) And Batman says, you're projecting Jason. (laughs) which I do really like. But yeah, they get to the aquarium and they start to look around. They find a bunch of Jokerized fish swimming around in a big tank. Batman has a silly chest light. <laughs> yeah, they do mention that is a new thing in this book. Actually. It's funny because Red Hood makes a quip about how it's dumb and Barbara is like staring daggers at him. Like, it's really Don't cool. talk about that light. It's really cool, actually. <laughs> well, Jason had to give it shit because he had to point out that it's a new thing. Yes. Basically, yeah, this just confirms like they're they're keeping the chemicals in this big display tank and there's a Joker shark, which Max found very upsetting. He already told me. Yeah, I talked about this with Josh, too. I just thought it was the concept that the Joker toxin gives all creatures (laughs) red Red lips, red lips. I was like, that's so I hate that (laughs) aspect of it. But a Joker eyes shark is kind of scary. Just a shark smiling. Well, I I wish it didn't have the red lips, but the the red lips, I thought that they like did that, like painted on red lips. That's what I always assume too. Like that's, that's kind of why, oh dude, we didn't talk about this in the killing joke, but with the recoloring, but like in the recoloring, when Bolin does it, he draws the dude, like, you know, when he shakes his hand and he, and he becomes jokerized and dies in the Bolin version, he has the, he's totally white and has the red lips. Mm Mm-hmm. Not like that in the fucking in the I, original coloring. Like I he's just like that. he's just like smiling and like dead and like kind of white. But mm-hmm. like it's just like yeah, I don't like the idea of the of the lips becoming red either. I guess like you could excuse that by saying like for some reason it dyes all of his fucking skin white. But like it just enunciates the red in his lips or something. But like I like the idea more that he just he just likes decorating people or things with mm-hmm. <laughs> with red. Yeah. You know, like it's like I don't know. And I guess you could say it does either, but no, you can't really because all those people who died, did you put lipstick on all these fish? I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe they did have a fourth Joker that they were working on. Lipstick Joker? Who was, yeah, he was just like the workhorse. Shark Joker? Yeah. He shark was like, Joker. Shark it, Trainer Joker? He was like, okay, Shark Joker, can you draw the lips on that shark, please? <laughs> it's just four, the Shark Trainer. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but so. You know, they see this shark, right? And Jason is like, yep, that's new. And Barb is skeptical, like questioning if she's like, is the plan really just to make like smiling sharks and fish and stuff? That seems weird. But before they can like really discuss it, Jason's helmet picks up security doors opening all over the facility. And uh, they are then accosted by multiple thugs who are being led by who, Max? Uh, Gambino? Gaggy. Gaggy. What a fucking pull. All right. Let me tell you guys about Gaggy a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so Gaggy. You should have assigned us the quintessential Gaggy stories. <laughs> the Gaggy hardcover. No, but. <laughs> so, Absolute Gaggy. <laughs> it's like $100. It's like one of those 120 issue omnis. It's fucking 20 pages. <laughs> no, but fucking. Okay. Gaggy. Uh, much like when we talked about Josh, uh, about the original appearance of the Red Hood um, in 1951, Gaggy debuted in Batman number 186 back in 1966. And, uh, his deal is, uh, he's just a little person that Joker had fight Batman. Uh, he was, you know, he appeared in like three other comics over the years and, uh, I love it. <laughs> I love to, I love this Gaggy. One, one thing that's very, I didn't know who the fuck he was before this book, to be honest with you. But like, really? I, I was like, I was like, I love this. <laughs> like I- This story really plays with 
not like makes mockery of, but definitely takes advantage of the fact that comic books have a uh, non-existent real timeline. It's very Grant Morrisonian in that way. Grant Morrison's Batman run was all about how every Batman from every era is canon. You know, like it's all yeah, like relevant. This is, like we've know. got like these characters, <laughs> kind of like how Alan Moore approached it, I guess. Too these the this is like twenty, thirty years of history for these people that are. 20 to 35 years old, <laughs> yeah. you know. But yeah, so Red Hood asks who the hell that is. <laughs> and Batman says, this is his quote, Gaggy, the Joker once called him his court jester. <laughs> it's like Batman skimmed the wiki on Gaggy. <laughs> so they all start to fight and like gunshots are being fired everywhere, cracking the aquarium glass. Gaggy shocks Red Hood with like a cattle prod poker. And uh, he gets really creepy here saying, uh, the Joker said, you'd beg for me to stop. What fun we'll have together. But Jason is uh, not having any of it. And he says, let's have some fun now. And he shoots the glass behind Gaggy and the shark, the Joker shark, comes through eating Gaggy in one bite. To which Red Hood says, quite possibly my favorite line in the book, I guess Gaggy's spectacular return wasn't meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, Jason thinks they thwarted the plan. Like he thinks like, yeah, it was the sharks or whatever. Like that that was the plan. Uh, But Batman says the fish tank wasn't nearly large enough to hold all of the chemicals that they stole. Then the Joker shows up, or at least the clown shows up he throws some jokerized piranhas at them and a big fight ensues um he smashes a fishbowl on jason's head but batgirl throws him through some glass batgirl questions bruce like that's him right but bruce thinks of the fish and like the laugh and this joker's look and he thinks that things are like a little off it doesn't seem quite like the last time that they fought him so jason gets up all pissed he got beat up and he kicks the Joker while he is down, but Batgirl holds him back. Uh, it's here that Gordon radios to Batman that they cornered another Joker across town. Batman tells Batgirl and Red Hood to stay with this Joker until Arkham Transport shows up. So they tie up the Joker to a chair. And Jason actually comments on this saying like how he does seem kind of different than the last time. And he says he can't remember the last time he used like these specific tricks, you know, like, you know, the fish and all that kind of shit. <laughs> and uh, the Joker then mentions who we thought that he was knocked out that he has acid spraying flowers and his like shoots off and it misses Jason uh, and the Joker just kind of laughs uh, they begin to search his pockets and Joker starts like an interesting conversation it, which kind of starts with he asks Jason have you ever wondered why he uses my former moniker who in their right mind would take on the identity of their killer am I right and Red Hood gives his tired explanation that all of his fans used to that say, I took it because I'm owning what you did to me. You made me into this. I'll be your destruction. Joker's not impressed at all, responding, oh, brave little boy, you frightened me, which I really appreciate that interaction. I'm sorry to like talk shit on Jason so much, but like, <laughs> but I am just like, I understand people who like him. And I do think like the Under the Red Hood story is great. Uh, we talked about this off the air, me and Josh a little bit, but Jason just like, to me, hasn't had any like value <laughs> in terms of like story potential since then, or he's, he's been kind of squandered. Like they haven't done anything. I mean, like, why do you think Johns didn't pay attention to all of his like redemption arc shit? Like, cause it's not fucking interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like it's like Red Hood is most interesting when he's at this point, but he can't leave this point. Otherwise he gets stale and weird. I was going to say like, this, the Red Hood in this story feels a lot like just a, an arrested development type of character Yeah, where he's not allowed to move on from whatever trauma locked him yeah. in where he is. That's because it feels like they tried doing that and no one read it or cares. <laughs> like, it's just like, and that's sad because I mean, like, I, I hate to draw this comparison because everyone does, but I think of Bucky and all the cool shit that they've done with Bucky over the years. Granted, not all of it's been a hundred percent awesome, but like Bucky's been through transformations and he's like, the Winter Soldier is a cool character. I really like him. 
but like Red Hood just has not had the same effect for me, unfortunately. But anyway, Red Hood, you know, gets pissed. He takes out his gun. Barb tells him to put it down. But Jason says this is the only way to break the cycle. Barb asks him again to put the gun down as Joker eggs on the situation. Then we get a confusing retcon. Uh, Joker says Jason survived because of his tenacity or because the Joker intended him to live. He says if he had killed Jason then he couldn't hurt him anymore and in turn hurt Batman. And Batman is all that matters. He then asks Jason if he remembers what he told him while he bashed his skull in with the crowbar. Jason tells Joker to shut up, gun aimed at his head. Barb yells for him to put the gun away again. And Joker quotes Jason saying, please stop, please. If you let me live, I'll do anything you say. I'll be your Robin. Joker laughs, then continues. And look at you now, my little red hood, shooting up people and making Batman's life miserable. You are my Robin. Jason goes to pull the trigger. Barb goes into a kick to disarm him. Jason dodges. She throws a battering to disarm him again, but she misses. And Jason pulls the trigger and Joker's brains just fly out, throwing his tied up body to the floor. And uh, I just got to say that gunshot wound, it's a very striking image. And uh, it's uh, beautifully depicted by Fabek, I must say. I really love that image. It's quite a perfect like death panel for Joker where he's got like the maniacal <laughs> smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was laughing when he pulled the trigger. But yeah. So Batgirl is shocked and super pissed off. She yells at Jason, basically uh, asking him what he's done. Jason, with no remorse, says he ended it and that she wanted the same thing because he asks her when's the last time that she missed. That's my favorite part of the whole book is mm-hmm. when's the last time you missed Barbara? And it shows the battering and, you know. Yeah. Batgirl looks down and she's got like a tear in her eye and she says, screw you, Jason, and leaves. And Jason stands in the blood. And the first issue ends with him saying, man, I hope that's the right one. That's my favorite line of the book. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of this volume i was like fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was so is, i was into it that is certainly that's supposed to be the death in the family joker was the what was that guy was that that guy the, the clown? clown i don't know okay <laughs> because the comedian and him were around in the same year apparently if we're following that they are legit two different people yep. and they were i guess just tag team and batman shit yep. for years but i mean i think the implication and the justice for red hood would be that yes he killed the one that killed him. Honestly, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, they're actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Th- this this is interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, captivating end to the first issue. I think all of the, well, not all, okay, not the third one, but like, because that's the end. But <laughs> the, the two issue stingers mm-hmm. are both pretty good. Yeah. Like, they both mm-hmm. get me like, oh, yeah. Like, let's see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So the second issue begins, and we are with the comedian Joker here. Uh, he arrives at, like, this nice suburban house to a wife and son, and they are terrified of him. Uh, he just seems to uh, have a great time, though, while they fear for their lives against his uh, possible wrath. He starts to tell them a joke. Then the world around him kind of crumbles to reveal he's eating cat food in an abandoned house with a mannequin and a stuffed bear. I uh, love that in, in his dream world, they were eating mashed potatoes and just octopus. Typically. Octopus, like the killing joke. Like the killing joke. It's never like mentioned, but in the killing joke, there's just a plate of octopus on the table in the first flashback. Do yeah. people just eat octopus tentacles? Maybe in the 80s. You just eat octopus. I don't know. But yeah, I like that he's eating cat food. It's like he's gone full Charlie Kelly. Mm-hmm. So like, but the- <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Kelly would be such a good fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> Batman. It's like, I don't know. The criminal joker arrives and uh, asks the comedian what he's doing and tells him that he's wasting time coming back here. The criminal puts his hand on a mannequin. And uh, pushes it over and tells him that one of them is dead. Can I bring something up? Uh, yeah. Just a callback to Killing Joke episode we did mm-hmm. about how the comedian Joker only ever smiles when he's 
recalling his past. Mm-hmm. There's a panel here of that Joker frowning as he realizes that he's just recalling his past. Mm-hmm. I just love that continuity and that this Joker in the way that he expresses himself. Oh, yeah. It's unlike any other Joker. He's the best one. I he's the one too. everyone should want to write about. <laughs> I like the way the criminal Joker looks. Yeah. That he's very stern and like composed. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I like all of their designs. Mm-hmm. I mean, like artistically, I have, I'd say that Jason Fabic, this is a tour de force <laughs> artistically. This is one of the best I've ever seen Fabic do. Yeah. He's fucking awesome. I like that the mannequin has like defined abs. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I kind of noticed that too. I didn't make a note of it, but I was like, that's weird. He was like, I can't help but just draw people as buff. <laughs> Even if it's fake person. Hey, he drew the new 52 Justice League, guys. Leave him alone. But no, so... Oh, this next page is great. We then go back to the body of the dead Joker, or the clown. <laughs> um, uh, there's Yeah, there's a really cool set of panels, like, viewing the head from a fly's perspective. Like, just the brains blown out, and, like, it, it's it's super cool. But yeah, like, we cut over to the uh, GCPD, and they are outside of another crime scene. Batman shows up and takes care of some Jokerized dogs in the house. And this house is revealed to have belonged to a former Gotham judge, Judge Walls, who is dead on the floor, clearly mauled by the dogs. Now, Judge Walls is explained by Batman to have been like a corrupt judge. And Judge Walls was an actual character in continuity. This wasn't like a made up thing. And he's also kind of the one responsible for the revolving door at Arkham. Mm-hmm. Like Batman pretty much in like one page explains the corruption <laughs> like and, and why it's happened in Gotham for years. And uh, it's during this talk that Batgirl shows up and she says that she needs to talk to Batman privately. And Gordon asks if the Joker escaped because he thought she was escorting him to Arkham. And Batman asks her, he's like, where's Red Hood? And Gordon's like, oh, you're going after him, too. I thought that was fun, (laughs) but like it to which Batman says, Red Hood's not a criminal, Jim, but Batgirl goes, yes, he is. Yeah. (laughs) Another, another art thing I want to bring up because I'm thinking about it is I love the way that Mr. Fabic draws Batman's cape. Yeah. It's always like the super cool where it's like straight down until it gets to the bottom and then it flares out around the ground. It kind of flurals like, like, yeah, yeah, it's super cool. looks really cool. So we cut to Batgirl and Batman driving through the rainy Gotham streets. This Batmobile is sick, by the way. I was going to ask what you guys thought because I I didn't didn't like this Batmobile. Oh, that's cool. I thought it was cool. I thought it is a great combination between modern Batmobiles and like old school silly Batmobiles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a almost a new 52-ish version of like the animated series Batmobile Mm -hmm. or something. The fin on the back in particular, I really like I dig it. I I think it's cool. Yeah, so they're basically just driving through and they're they're having a conversation on their comms. Batgirl is basically like, what are we going to do about Jason? And Bruce is like, hey, I mean... Sure, he killed one Joker, but there's three or whatever. You yeah, know? he's like, weirdly he's, like he's very protective. Like, well, he and he's weirdly. It comes up a little later, but you can tell Batman's like kind of relieved that someone made that or made that action for him. I th- I don't know. I don't know if I get relief out of it. I get more just his mindset towards Jason is like he's so guilty that like he justifies his actions, or he's treating Jason like a. Like how a fucking businessman treats their shitty son who mooches off of them or something, you know, like it's like it's it's like very like deniability, I guess. He he makes it he goes to great lengths to make it seem like it's not that big a deal that Jason murdered a unarmed tied up. He's like, well, it was only one Joker. We have three. Yeah, I I think Barb mentions that later. Yeah, he was. She's like, regardless of who he was, like Jason shot a bound man in the chest. She says it in this conversation. She says it doesn't matter if it was one Joker or the real Joker, whatever, like he shot an unarmed man. She shot, uh, yeah, Jason shot a human being who was tied to a chair. Yeah. Yeah, I do like the line. You need to understand his suffering. Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. He says, he says the Joker heard him, but he healed wrong. 
I like that line a lot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because Barb like isn't taking any of his shit basically and says they need to do something. But Batman says they can't. And his main reason is because they, he's saying that if they do, they'd have to unmask to turn him in. And then, then he rolls up the window on her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He rolls down his window just to say that. And then, and then rolls it back up like, bye. I was like, I guess Favic had to make this them driving through the streets a little more interesting. But <laughs> and I mean, he was complimenting Barb as well. Yeah, he was complimenting And I her. think it was just, he just wanted to stop and, and be like, listen, no, no overcomes like face to face. Like, yeah. You did good. Yeah. Cause yeah, he basically says like, like Barb doesn't understand why Bruce is so calm and seemingly forgiving. And Bruce explains that he had hoped that Jason would persevere over his trauma like she did. That's when he rolls down the window and he's, and he, he's like, you did great basically. You know, and I thought he would be more like you. And he says he'll never forgive himself for what happened. We cut and we catch up with Jason and he's roughing up more Joker thugs and he finds pool cleaner on them. So it reasons to go to the Gotham City Athletic Association, which is also abandoned or closed or whatever. Just thought I should point that out because every place in Gotham is. I was looking at when they're driving through the streets, the streets are just filled with <laughs> litter and debris like Gotham. How is how is Bruce Wayne so wealthy and how is Gotham like not a, you know, in a city of slums, basically. Because he spends all his money on bat suits. Like, <laughs> Gotham seems like the worst place to live. Yeah. I mean, in, it is. In most depictions. <laughs> but yeah, so Barb realizes that her and Batman are actually heading out of the city. And this is because Bruce has actually uh, kept something from the cops when they went to Judge Walls' place. They're going to Blackgate Prison to see somebody. I like the way Blackgate looks. It's like a fucking castle. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> but like, uh, basically, Batman found before the dogs got to Judge Walls. He was actually bludgeoned to death with his own humanitarian award, and the prints on the award belonged to who, Max? Joe. Jill. Holy shit. The murderer of Bruce Wayne's parents. So Batman goes through Blackgate. Revealed for the first time in this book. What? That Joe Chill was the murderer of, of oh, Batman's yeah, yes, parents. Oh, yes, yes, the first time. Yes. Along with the origin story. Yes. Yeah, we yes. learned that for the first time. We did. We did. <clears throat> Brand new stuff. So Batman goes through Blackgate, very reminiscent of the Killing Joke opening here. Mm -hmm. uh, we see the Wayne murder flashback again that ends on... Uh, chills kind of you know cold face um, oh yeah he does look complete this could be the way batman was remembering it it is yeah that's the implication it, um, it's batman thinking about it and he sees his cold kind of uncaring face and uh before he ran away and so batman stands outside of the cell and i love this <laughs> yeah. i love this little set of panels actually yeah. like where batman he he goes you know who and he says it really quite like the text is even small and then he goes um <clears throat> And he says, you know who I am. We need to talk now. Like he had to like, <laughs> and then he kicks in the door. Somehow he kicks <clears throat> open a prison, <laughs> a locked prison door. Look at those thighs though. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. But he kicks in the door and finds that Joe Chill's not in his cell. But yeah, I just got, I, I love that moment, man. Like he, him, forget, he's forgetting himself and speaking vulnerably like then having to correct himself into the Batman mode. Like that's a great little sequence. Like I, I really like that. You know what I will never get tired of in every Batman book I've ever read. I love it. Every time is just close up panels of Batman's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's always so fucking cool. It is cool. Especially. I love the way Fabic draws it where there's a little bit of a glow. Yeah. Looks so cool. It's sick. Yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> uh, real quick, can I yeah. ask? Um, I googled who the in other inmates were: uh, Rupert Thorne and Alexander Sartorius. Mm -hmm. I recognize Sartorius from Batman Beyond. That's uh, uh, Maxi Zeus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was wondering if there was any like kind of deep implication. I, I have no or idea why. Kind of like I have no idea why they picked those. Reference. To be honest, um, and Rupert is a Mad Hatter, right? Yeah, he was so, like a yeah, yeah. So like I, 
I don't know why they picked those two. Okay. Just, maybe just for fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe it's just like they're just ones we don't see very often or something. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a backdoor pilot. <laughs> the three Mad Hatters. <laughs> <laughs> the three the three Maxi Zeuses. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so like Barb appears behind him. This is act- I know it's not supposed to be, but I find this this whole little scene really funny that Barb just appears behind him after he rushed forward to like without <laughs> like <laughs> he's like walking he power walking. <laughs> well, like the uh, like Okay, so like Barb comes behind him, tells him that like she's like she's like they moved him. Like it's supposed to be like this dramatic thing, right? And it is in the book. Like they have no self awareness on this part. But like she tells him they moved him. They find out that he's in the hospital wing. But my understanding of this, as just reading it, is that it means Batman just rushed in like an asshole without talking to anyone. And Barb like stayed back like a normal person and, and asked the staff where <laughs> Joe Chill was <laughs> like, like a normal, you know, person should. That like, actually makes a lot of sense. Cause I was wondering like why she knew when he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Like she just had to have stayed back and asked, mm-hmm. but he's just like, no, girl, girl. <laughs> like just rushing for her. Yeah. Like he walks past like the clerk and they like raise their hand up like, Hey, and he's just, <laughs> yeah. She's like, no time. <laughs> like it, yeah. But like, so the two see that chill is, like on a hospital bed and they are told that it's stage four cancer with like a few weeks given to live. And Batman is like, I bet if we check the cameras, they'd like see an unidentified visitor like for Joe chill who must've gotten his prints that way, because there's no way that obviously Joe chill in stage four cancer came and killed this judge and bludgeoned him to death. So when Barb asks uh, what the connection is between the Joker and chill besides Batman himself, Bruce says he doesn't know. And uh, it's here though, that Batman gets a ping letting him know that Jason accessed the back computer so they have his location. We cut to Jason entering the Gotham YMCA, and there are some silent pages of him going through. He breaks some chains on the door. What do you guys think of the... Of Which the... fall into a smile shape. I didn't like that. I thought that was goofy. <laughs> I thought that was goofy, but I thought pulling out a crowbar was cool. I immediately was like, oh, I know He does use the crowbar, on. yeah. I was going to say, what do you guys think of him using a crowbar? He's owning it, Max. He's owning the crowbar. <laughs> As he would say. No, he but, like he turns around and he's like, he looks right at the camera and he goes, I just played Half-Life 2. It's a Robin bar. <laughs> no, but, Speaking of, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say about the, the him hitting the chains and them landing in a smile thing. When I first read this issue, I thought that was really dumb. <laughs> I really hated it. But now I'm like, you know, looking at it just as a whole, because having to make notes on this, I was like, well, if we get like two or three full pages of Jason silently like going through like this YMCA. <laughs> like I was like, I kind of appreciate a little bit of like artistic merit there. <laughs> like, I mean, like even though it's like, it's pretty fucking on the nose and there's no, like, there's nothing further of a metaphor for it, but that's kind of Jeff Johns to a T at this point is like just doing things that look cool. That mean maybe something, but don't really relate that much. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's whatever. Um, I, what I wanted to ask is, is there no Robin at this point? In Batman? Damien. Okay. And is he with the Teen Titans now? Yeah, this was like post-rebirth. So yeah, he was, he was, he led a Titans team for a little while. Okay. He's never been like permanently on the Titans though. He just like stole their name for a while and then they tried to force them to make a team. But so there's no, is there, is Robin like a common character in the, in the Batman stories of this last couple years? Yeah. I thought it was interesting that there is no... Like you'd think they would bring in Dick Grayson. Yeah, but I think um, I think the f- idea is that you know it's focusing on these three who were most affected by the Joker. I mean, like yeah. Dick obviously was affected, but like he wasn't murdered by him. What I what I mean <laughs> is that he's not. It's a it's a story focused on the Bat family, but no Robin and no Nightwing. Yeah, are but you know it's even it's mentioned just the idea of you know 
like like I said, I mean, you know, we got three Jokers. We got three traumatized people by the Joker. You know, I think Batman's not very traumatized by. Much. He's pretty fucking traumatized by the Joker. Not much. <laughs> this next page, so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Jason uncovers a pool filled with Jokerized bodies. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. goodness. The chemical compound is like in place of the water. And I started looking for wieners. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason tries to call for Batgirl, but one of the bodies reaches out like a zombie to grab him. And Jason kicks him off, but is then grabbed by the two Jokers because this was a trap, obviously. And it is it is funny. He sticks a Q-tip in the water to test it and the Q-tip turns green. <laughs> yeah. But the criminal uh, even picks up the helmet and says, he'll be perfect. And you're like, ah, they're going to make him a Joker? Jason Joker. So Jason gets tied to a chair and the two Jokers talk to him for a bit. The criminal is like very cryptic and sort of like ceremonial about it. Uh, He talks about Jason being reborn and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he seemingly confirms to Jason that he was the first Joker too, saying like before Batman, he ran Gotham, you know, so so we're dealing with Golden Age Joker, probably. Jason isn't basically isn't taking the shit. And he just like rattles off how he killed one of them and he's going to kill them all and blah, 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 you know, and uh, and it makes the Joker laugh. But he looks super fucking nuts and like tears are welling up his eyes and (laughs) Like he's trying to resist. He then says the most Billy badass shit I've ever seen, which is, uh, I'll let you in on a secret about the Joker, boy. It hurts when I laugh. And then fucking, fucking Jason just goes, so what? Fucking <laughs> yawn. What I wanted to say is it's very funny. Jason is the most fucking teenage edgelord in this book because he actually says, newsflash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason, like... I'm kind of thankful to Jason because he balances out the edgelord of this Joker, you know, who who fucking hurts when he laughs or whatever. I kind of wanted to, they don't ever elaborate on that, that it, why it hurts when he laughs. Yeah, they don't explain that. That's what I was talking about when I think the story needed like three more issues to expand and, and delve into this, these concepts more. I think though, honestly, kind of like the revelation of the three Jokers themselves, all of these little quirks and things are just things they're not like meant Mm -hmm. to be solved like you know it's just like we'll get to it at the end but yeah yeah. so like so you know the criminal you know laughs like a fucking maniac or whatever he goes on to ask jason why he took on the red hood mantle and jason says that uh he changes the story this time and he says that, that it's a joke which is like really sad or you know billy as well i don't know i think it's supposed to be a motive yeah, because he's got the, the, he painted a Joker smile on his, on the Red Hood helmet. And they put it on him. And then he goes, it's a joke. Yeah. This puzzles the criminal though. And uh, he tells them they left him with brain damage and lifelong complications. And the criminal says uh, they are alike. Like they both hate Batman, but Jason hates him the most. And the criminal then states how Batman needs a better Joker, but Jason just isn't bright enough for it. I didn't really think about it until you mentioned it. They go back and they waffle a little bit on if Jason actually died or not. In this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they know, like, what happened to him or what canonically happened to him. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Even the Joker that killed him, assuming he left him alive, Mm -hmm. like, he wouldn't necessarily know. I don't mean the Joker not knowing. I mean... Joker planned for Superboy Prime to punch reality and then change the timeline to where he and Jason ends up in the Lazarus pit. Yes. It was actually the Riddler the whole time. He orchestrated the whole thing. No, it's, it's like... They reference several times they go back and forth between Jason actually died or he was just left f- fucked up. Um, I don't think editorial knows if, so. he, if he died or not. <laughs> but, but yeah, like the comedian then proceeds to beat Jason with a crowbar 
more Billy Badass lines of "You better make sure I stay dead this time." I kind of like that one actually, though, because like it's like he's like beaten and he's just like he's just like you better be sure it's done this time. Yeah, there is one of the lines that I I think was a like a cool thing, and then they ruin it where he says, as the Joker is beating him, he says, "Why would I do that? I'm still rooting for you, kiddo." Why I hope you rise back up and prove us wrong. And then he goes, as the Joker. Yeah. And I was like, uh. yeah, I don't know because the comedian clearly doesn't care about that plan in the next issue. So like it, that just kind of gets yeah. dropped. Like he just changes his mind. <laughs> like it's like, but I'm also willing to just be like, uh, he's the Joker. He, you don't give a shit. <laughs> Whatever. And then we get, we do get Nick's favorite panel in the whole book. Oh, Batgirl kicking open the door to the Y. Yeah. You see those legs? Yeah. Whole half, whole half page of those legs. Do they legs. work? They work. They work better than any legs I've ever seen. But yeah, so We're just saying how hard it'd be to kick down a steel door. Be so funny. I'm, there is a lot of focus on kicking in doors in this story. Oh yeah, it's a Bat Family tradition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like Batgirl and Batman, you know, they go in, they traverse through, and get surrounded by Joker pool zombie people who like beg them for help and stuff. They surround the two heroes, and eventually, like, they take Batman's uh, utility belt which accidentally calls the Batmobile, which crashes through killing a bunch of the victims. And I love how Batman is like, oh, we can still save some of them? Yeah, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, again, in Arkham Knight, you get to drive the Batmobile around. And it's so funny, when you run into people, it, it justifies it as the Batmobile... going like 200 miles an hour. And the shit. Batmobile has like a taser field around it. So when you hit people, they just get shocked and fall down. But they're like, fuck it, they go flying. And fly they're just like... like <laughs> they fly like four city blocks down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So, like, they search more of the area, and they find Jason where the Joker's left him. Uh, Batman reaches for him to help, but Jason flips and tells him not to touch him. Batgirl asks if Jason is all right, and he freaks out again, yelling at Batman and throwing his helmet at him. Uh, he says, what do you think, Bruce? You did this to me. You put me on this path, and I do hate you for it, for leaving me in the dirt, replacing me with one Robin after another without a thought. At this point, Barbara actually reaches out for Jason, and she hugs him. Says that she just wants to get him someplace safe right now. You know, I kind of like that interaction. That's like one of the few, like, you know, Jason being real moments. Yeah. Kind of like that, what we were talking about at the end of the the climax of the Under the Red Hood story, mm -hmm. where he's like asking Bruce, like, you know, just do this one thing for me. Yeah. You know, if you really care. One other cool so, thing in the art. I really like the way he uh, draws Batman and Batgirl's gloves. Where they've got like the three yeah, the, raised lines. The thing on, on the on the top. And then on, on on each knuckle too. I really like that on Batgirls. It it pops with like the yellow yeah. gloves. Those are cool. It looks cool. So they go to Barb's apartment and Jason goes to sleep and Batman ditches out to check on leads. Much to Barbara's protest, but Batman knows like he is safe and uh, needs to go protect the rest of Gotham. Later, Jason wakes up and he's like just kind of, uh, you know, in the apartment and he finds Barbara's closet which is like open where uh, she keeps uh, her wheelchair and all of her like calendars and from like her physical therapy time and a bunch of self-help books. And uh, he takes a shower. Barbara comes to check on him when he gets out and she sees one of the books on the bed and Jason apologizes for going through her things. And he's like, the book just looked useful. And she's like, it's okay. And then they have a uh, insightful conversation where she asks if he's okay. And he says he doesn't think he's ever been okay. He talks a little bit about how the jokers were kind of write about him being similar to them, but he doesn't really want to be like them. And he asks her why she keeps all this stuff from like her time of recovery. Cause he's like, doesn't it like hurt to look at this stuff? And she says it used to hurt, but she takes away the positives of the situation. Like all the people she had who supported her, the fact she was able to walk away from her tragedy, literally walk away from her tragedy. And Jason says he never got the help that he needed. And Barb says, that's because we thought you were dead, Jason, including Bruce. By the time you were back, you'd recreated yourself on your own as the Red Hood. 
We all wish we had been there for you. Jason says that nobody's ever said that to him. And she grabs his hand. Then they kiss. And Barb immediately is like, we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, she was like, she was looking at his rocking bod, his nice hair. No, she explains <laughs> how she just wanted him to like know she cared. Then says that they need to get back on the case. And he's like, okay. We then get a uh, silent scene of Batman in the cave looking at files of the Joker. He glances at a globe on his desk that is focused on Alaska. That's important for later. Foreshadowing. Yeah. So this issue then ends revealing the Jokers have kidnapped Joe Chill. They, they put his hat on him and get out like a video camera to start recording. And the comedian then asks, it's time to finally confess, Mr. Chill. Why did you really kill Thomas and Martha Wayne? Which, spoilers for that resolution, not really like a surprise. <laughs> um, one, one little thing that it's, this is not, this is a very minor nitpick. Um, in the, the nine panel grid of Batman looking at the panels and we see the comedian, the clown and the criminal. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, the, the criminal and the clown are in the middle, but then the comedian is down and to the left. He's the important one. And it just kind of bugged me that they weren't all in the line. <laughs> you know, just a little thing. I don't know. I, I thought maybe, but I, the, the clown is the one that's dead, right? Yes. So. Confirmed. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do a, a. I thought each issue, I thought each issue would just be a Joker dying every time. I mean, that kind of, you know, whittle it down to what is the, the true Joker <laughs> as which we do kind of get that in the next one. Very true. So the final issue begins. They're all convening. Batman says how uh, they know now because of, you know, Jason being captured that the Joker's goal is to make a better Joker. And I love how Barbara is basically fed up with this shit, like basically like the readers at this point. And she says, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and Batman says the three Jokers Batman uh, says. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But no, he, he says that uh, the three Jokers set like all of this stuff up so that he would know their plan. And Red Hood interrupts like an asshole to say, actually, there's only two Jokers now. And uh, Batman jumps across the table. Because Red Hood goes, you're a pussy. <laughs> Just, yeah, pretty much. And Batman fucking jumps across the table, basically being, stop it, you murdering asshole. Fuck. Like, he just like grabs him. And like, Jason is still a dick, though, like calling Bruce weak. And like, Bruce rebutes it by saying, he's like, you don't think I've wanted to kill the Joker for everything he's done to them? Done to you. And Jason just shoves it in his face. And he's like, but you didn't, Bruce. I did. You know, <laughs> it's like super dramatic and ridiculous. And again, he tries to pull the melodramatic. What are you going to do? Arrest me? Oh, yeah. He did that to Barbara. He's pretty much just like, he's like, oh, but you have to unmask to do that. That's why I won't do it, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So like, Barb like interrupts to basically say they are both being assholes and they don't get to talk to each other like that. And Bruce concedes saying they agreed to work this together and they need to start over to do that. So they then go over. The two remaining Jokers, all but confirming that the criminal is the Golden Age Joker and the comedian is the one you like. Even the Scott Snyder version, apparently. That's the same. That's the comedian Joker. I was wondering about that, which is the face cutty. Yeah, face cutty Joker. Healed himself with the Dionysium, which is a form of the Lazarus Pit. Oh, that's what that picture is of him with like the... The hipster haircut? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering about yeah, that. Apparently that's him. So Batgirl and Red Hood hypothesized that whoever the original Joker is maybe made these other versions to throw them off of his identity and maybe they can finally figure it out. Uh, but Batgirl asked Bruce, she's like, is there anything else that you can tell us? And he actually apologized to Jason kind of out of nowhere here. He says, uh, I'm sorry I failed you, Jason. Let me help you find a better path, Jason. A new identity. Leave Red Hood behind. It's not too late. But Jason refuses, saying he doesn't need help. He then tells Bruce to answer Barbara's question. 
Like if he knows anything else, Bruce says no, but Red Hood says he doesn't believe him and he thinks that he knows the Joker's true name. But Bruce says that if I know, then then you would know. They then get an alert and head to Blackgate, discovering Chill has been kidnapped. Batman goes to look in Chill's cell and he finds a ton of letters addressed to Bruce Wayne. I kept thinking like, I know it's not supposed to be like this, but I thought it was like a really funny, like Batman's such a good detective. He found these barely hidden letters. <laughs> no one thought <laughs> like to no, no one could have found those. But then Batman was like, you guys didn't check in between the books. He opens one letter up. He's just like, hey, get your parents, little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs> got, got him. Oh, two for two. Yeah. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> oh, I do like this. Ex- <clears throat> I like the way they handled Joe Chill in this. I love how they handled Joe yeah. Chill in this. Anyway, so a guard comes up mentioning how Joe like wrote these letters all the time and Batman asks why they were never mailed and the guard says he should ask the Reverend about that because he doesn't know. I like to imagine Batman at this moment, not even pretending to be Batman at this point. Like he's just quivering and breaking down like, how come we never mailed these, huh? I did actually like that he's like, why, why didn't these get mailed? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, so like outside of Blackgate, Barb and Jason wait. Uh, Jason asks if they can talk and apologizes for screwing up. Um, Barb says he better not again or she will she will take the risk and unmask. It's like Barb is the only one who actually follows the morals of Batman at this point. Back with Batman. He's talking with this reverend and the reverend says Joe Chill felt like great remorse for what he did. Batman kind of like doesn't want to believe it at first. He ponders to the reverend about why like none of the letters were finished because he he did look at some of them. The reverend says that Chill had taken up classes in prison, but his learning disabilities kind of slowed him down. And Batman accuses Chill. He's like, he's like, oh, he's getting sick. And now he wants to repent for everything he did. huh? And uh, the reverend says that Joe actually started writing those letters long before he got sick. Like he had truly kind of changed and tried yeah. to explain like why he did what he did in the letters. And uh, Bruce kind of leafs through the letters again and he finds one addressed to Batman, but it's written all fucked up. So it's like clearly from the Joker. He opens it and there's a ticket for the Mark of Zorro with the same uh, with compliments note from the killing joke for the Monarch Theater, which is where, you know, the Waynes were murdered. And uh, I just wanted to point out again, because I think I pointed this out with Brett on some episode. I don't remember which one, but if we are sliding timescales, then that would mean Batman would have seen uh, the Antonio Banderas Zorro, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> and, uh, that would have been so great. <laughs> but um, this is so funny when they get to the theater. The th- I like I like picturing Joker having to take the time to do this stuff. The marquee. Yeah, he oh. wrote he wrote one night only the new Joker on the on the marquee board. Yeah, just funny. thinking of him like having to be out there and like kind of like looking around. He's like making fuck. sure no one sees him. Fuck. Yeah. No, but yeah. So and then he's like, "Fuck, we don't have any." <laughs> and goes back and has to get green spray paint. <laughs> but yeah. So like they they head to the Monarch Theater and here comes our final showdown. Basically, uh, Batman goes in the front, basically like pretending to take the bait. Barb takes the roof. Jason takes the employee entrance. I like the difference between how they all get in too. Oh yeah, you know, kind of. Barbara it's... takes the time to lockpick. Jason melts melts the door. And I guess Batman just, he's like, oh, that door's open. Yeah, he just walks in. Yeah. Yeah. When Batman enters the theater, uh, the videotape begins to play of the interview with Joe Chill. And uh, Joker asks why he killed the Waynes. Joe says he's not sure what he means. And Joker replies, oh, sure you do, Mr. Chill. I've read all your letters. The minister's notes. You've seen the light. And at this moment, Barb and Jason are attacked by Jokerized like ushers. And the criminal reveals himself to Batman. Uh, he has Chill like strung up over a vat of chemicals. And he tells Batman, it has all come to this moment, Batman. You, me, and him at the scene of the crime. I mean, yes, the other two are present, the cripple and the child. I thought about them, but as you know, the boy lacks sophistication and the girl has too much heart. So I pick the killer. And uh, in the background, we get Chill's confession, uh, basically that he knew who the Waynes were when he saw them that night. He thought it wasn't fair that they had so much and he had so little. Batman swings up to where they are, but the criminal shows like he has a dynamite rig hooked to himself. Very classic Joker. Batman talks to the criminal, basically saying, you want to make a new Joker out of Joe Chill? 
he's like old as fuck and sick. <laughs> like, you know, like he's not going to be a joker. <laughs> and uh, the criminal says he's perfect. You know, he's like he, he can be the joker who matters. And uh, we see Barb fighting off Joker ushers when all of a sudden they are shot dead around her. She turns expecting Jason, but it's the comedian with the camera. And he says, smile. Which I like that depiction. That was is cool. that a reference to Killing Joke? Um, yes, I believe it is. Okay. Yes, no. <laughs> but but uh, Batman and the criminal keep talking. The criminal saying he, be- <laughs> this is the, the explanation, but he's like, uh, he bets that the chemicals will put Joe into remission. <laughs> he's like, he's like a trade of physical health for mental health. And it's like, sure, it the the, ma- the acid is magic, whatever, who cares? <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> he's like, it turns out it turns sharks into the Joker. It breaks your jaw into a smile. I'm sure it'll do something with cancer. Like, you know, whatever. And so well, the ace chemicals kept making this shit too. what the hell <laughs> how are they still open oh, like what is it used for like we can't close a chemical plant it's the only place people can work because it's the only place not closed down <laughs> like like but yeah so jason makes his way up to barbara comedian joker like shoots through his shoulder barb gets to the comedian before he can shoot again bashing the camera into his face and yelling smile i love that moment like i like that yeah beat the shit out of him barbara so like the criminal pulls the tommy gun and starts to fire a batman but batman outmaneuvers him swinging over and kicking the criminal down that panel sequence felt like kind of confusing it shows the he pulls out the gun and starts shooting at him and it weirdly focuses on the end of batman's grapple hook getting shot out which doesn't oh, matter because he, he takes it to swing right yes but he's shooting the bottom of it where it wouldn't like matter and oh. it doesn't affect anything and then he just falls over it's because he, he shot it's a support it's not a battering he literally yeah. just grabs a support for the thing they're on above that and that's why he falls was the Joker hold? Why does the Joker fall over? Because I thought he hits him. No, Batman flies off on his grappling hook. He's not a grappling hook. That's the thing. He just grabs a rope that's supporting the thing that they're above. They're on a scaffolding or something. Okay. And he shoots the rope that Batman's hanging from, but he shoots it underneath him, and so that makes the scaffolding start to fall. Suddenly, it's not even because it's not. <laughs> oh. Because it's not supported. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah, he never like shoots a battering. He just kind of like grabs one of the ropes. The way the way it looked. I was interpreting Because I'm with you. I spent a lot of time on this page trying to parse what I was like, why is the Joker just falling over? Because he's old. (laughs) My hip! Ah! (laughs) Yeah, so like... Life alert! (laughs) Yeah, so the criminal, like, drops a lighter into the chemicals, causing the entire theater to basically go up in flames. And uh, we see all of this while Joe Till's confession still plays out, and he talks about how he didn't see the little boy at first. He says how he found out the Waynes were good people after, and how after all these years, he still doesn't know how to tell their son sorry. And uh, the criminal and Batman fight. The comedian escapes in the fire after seeing how much fun this all is, and uh, the criminal cuts the rope holding Chill in place. He falls, and Batman grapple swings and catches him. Batman saves Joe Chill. Wow. I really love that, actually. <laughs> I think it's mm-hmm. really cool. But like, the criminal- he fucking kicks the Joker through a wall. <laughs> yeah, I love this. It's like, he saves Joe Chill, and in like the same swing- like the criminal tries to scurry away, but Batman sees, and while still holding Chill, he swing kicks the criminal through the wall and into Crime Alley. And Chill says he knows who Batman is and asks if he is going to kill him. Batman says no. Chill says that he deserves to die. Then a wall begins to fall above Chill. Batman moves him to safety, and Chill thanks him. Batman pauses and then says, "You're welcome." Yeah, this was again. All, I this like was that. Some good yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah. It's here that the battered criminal shows up. Saying he's like, we'll go together. And uh, he's about to set off the bomb and says, God, it hurts to laugh. And then his brains are shot out. And we see the comedian with the smoking gun who immediately surrenders saying, take me in, Batsy. 
I want to get off this crazy ride. I did, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just like, fuck this. <laughs> like Can that. I ask you guys, I felt zero tension during this climax because it felt like none of our heroes struggled at all. And it felt like I was like, well, they're going to resolve this. Joe Chill's not going to become a joker. He's either going to die or be saved. I thought Chill was going to die in like some dramatic way, mm-hmm. which I guess doesn't have that much tension because we knew he was going to die anyway in like a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But like, I thought he would die and Batman would have to like be there with him or something like that, you know, like, like at this. Like reveal himself battle. as Bruce Wayne, like in his last moments or something, something like that. Something like that. That, that. would have been kind of yeah. neat, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. I thought that that was the, where we were going, uh-huh. you know, but. I don't mean to be like over, cause this is a fine climax and I don't mean to be overly critical of it, but this was one of the ones where I oddly felt like I was like nothing Everything's going to be fine. Not tense, really. Yeah. 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 I guess I, I never expected any of them to die besides one of the Jokers, probably, you know, like, I mean, so yeah, no, I know I can feel you there. Batman goes with the Joker, the last Joker, the comedian, the one who everyone likes as an escort to Arkham. Uh, Jason and Barbara have a talk where he asks her if there is a chance for them being together. She obviously says they are interpreting what happened differently and he leaves all pissed off. It is very strange how Barbara's like, I kissed you and you're taking it wrong. <laughs> I think the implication was more he leaned in for a kiss and then she kind of just went with it because she didn't want to like hurt him in his vulnerable state. Mm. See, I guess I don't really I don't really fault Barbara at all in this story. (laughs) Like she seems like the most sensible one. (laughs) And like, I I really don't think like, especially considering like right after it happened, she's like, we shouldn't have done that. Like, you know, it's like she was just trying to comfort him. I don't think there was any more to it, you know? Yeah. I guess I kind of took it as she she was the one who initiated the kiss and then was immediately like, oh, no. No, I I didn't take it that way. So, yeah, uh, then there's this, <laughs> there's kind of a weird scene where Gordon tells her that she shouldn't associate with Red Hood. And she says, what I do with him isn't your business, dad. <laughs> okay. Then- I, I took that two ways. I, I took that as they actually know, you know, Gordon actually knows, or that's a very dad thing to say. Oh, yeah. You know I, always, I, mean? I, I always just assume that he knows. I always assume Gordon knows. I'm like, that. how does he not fucking know? You know, I, like I the, thought that the, too. The, but <laughs> after rereading it, I thought that that line, it's not as damning as I initially thought. I think it's just kind of the way it's presented and the way that she yeah. looks in the panel is very like going out. Yeah. You know, I, I that panel and she drives off on the Batmobile and it goes, ah, stand, stand alone. alone. <laughs> Her radio's fucking blaring it. <laughs> she turns it down real quick. It's embarrassing. Uh, or do what do you think is funnier? I stand alone or skater boy playing. That's what Jason's listening to. Hands up, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it all for the nookie. They take off Jason's helmet. It's just plain limp biscuit. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. With with her saying that, my first reaction is okay, because we can't end this story without every main character seeming like a petulant asshole at some point, apparently. Jim and Barbara both included in that statement because Jim saying, you shouldn't be around that boy is super fucking lame too, but but whatever. Anyway, so like, back in the paddy wagon, uh, we get a great exchange between Batman and the remaining Joker. They are just kind of staring at each other, and Batman remembers Joe Chill's face from the night of his parents' murder, but he sees a vulnerable, frightened kind of human instead of the cold killer this time. Like, his face is noticeably like kind of scared and the joker says see now after all that drama don't you feel better bruce batman looks all pissed i love that and joker goes on to say he knows who all of them are barbara jason he says uh he won't tell though because you know it would ruin the fun batman asks what the joker wants and he responds what do i want certainly not what the others did the clown your troubled robin put a bullet in why all he wanted to do was laugh at the suffering of others how common and the criminal the old man was so delusional This whole big idea of creating a better Joker 
Well, that was lunacy now, wasn't it? A defined Joker? One with a name? An identity? Why that ruins the very definition of me. That's why I regret making him. Or does he regret making me? And I'm like, fucking shut up. But <laughs> I get used with that without that last part. I'm like, fuck, I don't get shut up. But he then laughs. Batman asks what the punchline is. And Joker's like, there's no punchline. Like, you know, there's no fucking crazy twist into this story. Like, like how we talked about in the killing joke where it's like, you know, that story is special because usually he has like the last laugh or something at the end. But it's like this one. It's like, no, he's like, no, there's no shit like that. Like, it's just this is it. Like he helped Batman move on from his biggest traumatic event, basically so that he could be the main focus so that Joker could have all of Batman's attention and be the cause of his suffering. He has a great line <laughs> during this, too, where he says, uh, it isn't the Joker that is broken. It was the Batman. And I love that the story at this moment, basically, just becomes this whole thing where like everything Joker says is like pretty meta and very much how I feel about modern Batman, where it's like none of this dumb shit. The three Jokers fucking matters. Like, it's like just, you know, like it's <laughs> this is this concept would have made a great story instead of focusing on the we're creating jokers. But it turned get, out to not fucking matter. To get to this point. I feel like the whole book is like a troll. <laughs> yeah, like they should have focused on just the, you know. But would you take three issues of this? What? But three issues of of, of him just saying meta shit like this would be like there'd be no tension. No, no, no. I don't I don't mean specifically that, but I just mean the concept of the Joker creating a scenario where the where Batman oh, where- yeah, gets over his trauma. Gets over the his one trauma. Thing, the one thing more traumatic than the Joker for him, and he helps him move past it. Yes, that without the dressing of there's more than one Joker, and we dip dudes in acid, and which yeah. guys don't go crazy, they're the Joker. And the fourth Joker, and Shark Trainer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, and the fifth one. <laughs> we'll get to him. We're, <laughs> but, big reveal coming yeah, up. But <laughs> what if it did say five at the end or four or whatever? <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> fuck. But the Joker laughs um, as they get to Arkham and the scene shifts forward to Bruce at the hospital with Joe Chill. I really as, love that. I love how the laughter fades. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. over those panels. Like, and uh, Bruce Wayne holds Joe Chill's hand as he passes away. Yeah. That's touching. That's good stuff. <laughs> and then you want some more parallels to Killing Joke. I just noticed is that's how the very end of it is, is with laughter that ends with E of the siren. Yeah. Coming in. Yep. So that's right. Yeah. Oh, but it ends with, yeah, the, the thing tracking his pulse. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Oh, yeah. That's what if good. that's what sirens actually sounded like? Was you going E? E. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we then cut again to see Bruce driving an SUV through somewhere in Alaska. Uh, This is interspersed with Bruce and Alfred talking about the whole situation prior. We also see Barbara. She's running. She's fucking running. Got a broken one next to her. She's just moving down the line. What if they charged her? They have to, right? Like, they know who she is. Like, Like, those are expensive. Yeah, they're like, dude, stop. Like, just just don't. Like, (laughs) but yeah, so uh, this is where Jason leaves a stupid fucking note. Why would you tape it to the door, not slide it under? Why would you do any of this? But um, uh, Jason leaves a stupid fucking note on her door that falls off and gets swept away by a janitor wearing a fun time cleaner's work suit. That's who we keep joking about being Joker number five. (laughs) Are we going to talk about the letter or are you just going to gloss over it? This is what I wrote. (laughs) I wrote, we don't need to get into the note much. But it basically says he wants to be with her and will change for her if she wants. Unless she doesn't say anything, then he will pretend it never happened. So, in other words, no other writer at DC is going to want to touch this shit, so uh, we'll just pretend <laughs> that it never happened. And uh, it'll still make sense of continuity. Lame as fuck. I didn't like this letter from... It's him putting, like, the responsibility of getting over his trauma on her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to illustrate how unhealthy Jason is, Yes, I guess. that's what I was <laughs> like, going to get at. <laughs> like, but, this was his best... <laughs> 
like idea. Yeah. This is like a very like angsty teenager's letter to the girl that rejected him. Yeah. Or like a teenager that died and then had to grow up mentally stunted. But yeah. Anyway, beyond, beyond the note. So there's the story actually ends this way. So like we cut back to Bruce in Alaska. He arrives outside of a house. Alfred ponders if they will like ever know who the Joker truly is, which sounds like I was going to say Alfred's dialogue here. Like just doesn't, it sounds like a fan. <laughs> like it's not like, it doesn't sound like actually Alfred. Like he's just like, we'll never know. Like when did Alfred ever give a fuck about Oops, who the Joker is? <laughs> yeah. Well, like he's like, we'll never, who will we ever know if do the Joker truly is? We didn't get a flashback to the killing joke. The scene specifically where the Joker before he's the Joker scolds his wife, Jeannie for saying, Oh, before he turns to crime and ultimately becomes the Joker. Bruce tells Alfred in this big retcon here, he's known who the Joker was a week after they first fought. You didn't like that, Josh? No. <laughs> Alfred is shocked. I, I like that. Stupid as hell. We then see Jeannie, Joker's wife, talking with the police in a retcon scene about basically witness protection of some kind. She didn't die by like an electrical accident, like we know in the killing joke. Uh, we see the police tell Joker that she's dead, like we see in the killing joke. Then see her going somewhere with a suitcase that has the initials JW on it. For Joker wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. But actually, in one of John's newest books, Flashpoint Beyond, which I think I told Josh I hadn't read, but I did see some news about it. John's revealed the name of the Joker or who would be the Joker in the Flashpoint universe because, you know, it's Martha Wayne in Flashpoint universe. Like it's oh, oh yeah, Trump. yeah, yeah. So like in the Flashpoint universe where everything's all topsy-turvy, woo, fucking Bruce's mom is the Joker because his dad's Batman. Because Bruce dies, right? <laughs> That's that whole thing? Yeah. Joe, yeah. Joe, Joe Hill kills Bruce. Kills Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the two parents kind of go crazy in their own ways. Yeah. Yeah. So in Flashpoint Beyond, which follows Thomas Wayne primarily, I guess it's revealed that Martha, like as the Joker, discovers in other universes who the Joker is or who it would have been. And kills the equivalent in the Flashpoint universe, which is just some dude because he never became the Joker. Okay. Because she did. And his name is Jack White. Hmm. Okay. So I guess that might be what John's is saying here. I don't know. Hmm. Who gives a shit? Anyway, <laughs> but like we see the police, you know, like I said, tell Joker that she's dead. Batman looks in the window of this house that he's outside of in Alaska. He sees an older genie and a young boy eating dinner. And we read his explanation to Alfred. No one can ever know his name, Alfred. Because if the world knows it, his family will never be left alone. The press will find them. The Joker will find them. So yes, I know his name, but the Joker's name isn't what's important. It never has been. Then Batman drives off, and that's the end of Three Jokers. So that, to me, is a great thesis statement that, like you said, Max, maybe should have been a part of the whole book <laughs> a bit more. Uh, but I love that sentiment, and I think that's why I remember this book fondly. I had told you guys off air before, much like Doomsday Clock, I had not reread this since it came out. And much like Doomsday Clock... I enjoyed this a lot less <laughs> on the reread, but I still really like that third issue. I think the third issue is great. There's a lot of cringy shit in the first two, you know, it hurts when I laugh or whatever, you know, <laughs> but like, but like Fabric's art carries me through the douchey stuff and there's still some good stuff in those issues. But that last issue is, I, I love the idea of that. I love the idea of like, you know, basically trolling everybody, teasing people about a fucking mystery about three jokers for five years and then being like, it doesn't fucking matter, nerds. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, and I can understand why people are pissed, but I never wanted that mystery. So I was stoked that like it wasn't solved or that it was just bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, who cares? Like, I don't felt know. Like it felt a little bit like sunk cost fallacy where they're like, well, we got to do something with that. Well, we'll write a story where we can just uh, delete it. But John's is confusing that way because he builds shit like that up. And then you write a story like this where it doesn't matter. It's like, what are you saying? Like, I don't understand. And then he reveals, you know, 
like I just said in his newest book, Flashpoint Beyond, like apparently he revealed the Joker's name. So it's like, it does matter or something. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like it. For my limited exposure <laughs> to Joff Johns and these modern stories, it seems like he's a little like overstretched and yeah. that his stories are like unfocused and suffer a lot from him doing too much stuff. I think it's because he's trying to like focus a whole line of books or, or a whole universe and nobody fucking pays attention to him anymore. He's um, not president anymore. So it's like, I mean, I, I was telling Josh off air earlier, like, but doomsday clock, like sure it's canon, but nobody fucking mentions it. It didn't do anything. Like it was just like, it's just strange. And I'm, I'm okay with that kind of storytelling because like, I do believe a story should stand on its own. When you get into like comics, you know that you can fall into the trap a lot of time where it's like, well, yeah, but you need to read this thing to go to this thing. And then, you know, then we'll get to this, which leads to this, which leads to this. And it's a never ending thing. I like it when a story is just like its own thing and could stand on its own. But like John's like clearly like has always been tasked with like doing these big things. And like, I think it's just because he's like still present. But like not the boss. So it's like they just don't do anything with him. It's weird. Now, I have a question for you, Joshua Longhoffer. Yes. You mentioned to me a few weeks ago when you finished reading the story, you said, Maxwell, can I tell you something? And I thought something was wrong. <laughs> and I said Like something in life. I thought <laughs> something <laughs> I thought well, and of course, because I'm I'm constantly self-conscious i was like oh josh is going to tell me something i've been i've done that he hates about me um <laughs> we're not friends anymore exactly because you're not a joker in the joker quiz exactly yeah. um, but what you said was i think joff johns is overrated wanted some elaboration and also before i forget i want to cycle back to at some point how we all feel about batman saying that he's known who the joker was since day one essentially okay I, I think that's worth talking about. So the, the John's being overrated thing comes purely from the fact that all I've read that he's written is Doomsday Clock and this. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually, I texted Nick. Yeah, we had a long conversation about that. A while ago. <laughs> and I was like, I asked him who, like what his favorite John's written story was and what the most like, you know, lauded story that he wrote was. I remember you asking me like, what else has he done? And I, I said, I think that his Green Lantern run is like the most popular thing he's done that's what i told josh too i was like i was like the green lantern stuff i think is like his most well-known and probably critically acclaimed he's done a lot of flash work mm -hmm. it's really revered as well i think i told you my personal favorite is his new 52 aquaman run yep. i really enjoyed that haven't read it in a long time kind of want to revisit it now just after reading this stuff but he did a shazam run i really enjoy as well i read his his batman earth one a long the time earth ago one books yeah and i like that a lot but i never read two or three. I like the Earth One books a lot. Nick, he actually told me this recently. His one of his favorite designs in all of DC is is Catwoman in uh, Batman Earth One Three. Okay, um, it's Gary Frank's. Uh, it's the only thing keeping Gary Frank from being my favorite artist. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll show you after this. That okay. is that that was a joke. Okay. Yeah, no. John's. I agree that he is overrated, and I don't say that in like a negative way. No, I think, not I think at all. he's just because uh, he's a insanely talented writer. I love the majority of things that I've read from him. And I know people who swear by John's DC work as like the Bible, you yeah. know, like they're just like, hell yeah, you know, and like anything with his name on it. He deserves that praise for all of the awesome work he's done. But yeah, in regards to like just seeing like his more modern output, as much as I like still like his work, it's definitely overrated. Like he's an overrated writer in terms of like, he's not the best you know? i feel very and he certainly ain't no fucking alan moore even though he's been playing alan moore cover songs the last few projects and know? maybe maybe that's part of it maybe i'm just like i've literally read what alan moore did better yeah so 
I don't even know if that's his mindset, but it's just like, you know, I think he had to commit himself to that, to Doomsday Clock as a project so much that it's just seeping into his work. I do feel vindicated mm -hmm. that, that you feel that way at least a little bit as well. Cause I was honestly concerned to bring it up and it's why I didn't bring it up. You know, when I asked you the first time now, I mean, like I have, I have very few writers, artists, creators that I'll be like, anything they touch turns to gold. Mm -hmm. There's probably like two for me. So anything else is fair game. I mean, like, uh, you know, even people I like all their work, I can understand why someone wouldn't. You know what I mean? Don't talk shit on Hickman, Max. Let's actually jump back to what you were talking about, Max, with the idea of Batman knowing who the Joker is. Mm. I like that both Batman and the Joker know who each other are. It's never made sense to me that neither of them would be able to not figure it out. For years, they've implied that Joker knows, but just doesn't care. Because it would ruin the fun or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't, even though it's weird to hear Bruce go, I know who he is. I can't justifiably say, I like the Joker knowing who Batman is without saying it's okay for it to be the other way around too. Because they use it the same way. They're like not telling anyone anyway. So it's like, it doesn't matter. The way I took it in that last, you know, panel of of Batman saying that was, you know, this has been a, a what, 80 year mystery of who the Joker is. And it caps off of this story that was supposed to be like relevatory with Batman basically just saying like, I've always known. I liked that a lot. And I liked it too, because he literally says, because I'm Batman. Yes. (laughs) That was badass, (laughs) but I liked it too, because it also shows that, you know, the, the, the classic concept of, of Batman needs the Joker. Otherwise he doesn't feel like there's a point to his existence. Kind of a thing. Yeah, I, I liked it from that. I thought that was a, a nicely understated way to get across a lot of information. I I just didn't like how if he's known this whole time, why would he tell Alfred that he knows now? If literally this whole time he's not telling anybody, not even Alfred, why is he so cavalier? Like now I can now I can tell you. Because this is <laughs> Alfred never outright said, wonder if we'll ever know who he is. <laughs> like, that, and then you never asked. Batman's like, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, and Alfred's like, oh, I know too. Well, and, it's, and that's it's, JW, Joker's wife. And I, I think it also goes back to to Killing Joke. You know, I, I just read all these all these Batman stories, and like in the very beginning of I, Killing Joke, yeah, I he, was I I pointed that out very specifically in in our last episode yeah. because of this, and I, that's that's one of the reasons I hated the the reveal. Yeah, it's when yeah. Alfred is uh taking his cowl off. Batman, well, Bruce is like. I've been trying to figure out what he intends to do. It's almost impossible. I don't know him, Alfred. All these years, and I don't know who he is any more than he knows who I am. Yeah, we have How can s- two people hate each other without knowing each other? Yeah, John's has some selective memory when it comes to killing jokes. So That could uh, also be interpreted as he doesn't know his mind and what he's going to do, not what his name is. He said, uh, I don't know about I don't that. So. I, I, that that's, I don't it, think Alan Moore knew what he was talking about. <laughs> no, I also, I also, also don't, Joker in that story doesn't know who Bruce is either. True. Very obviously it doesn't know. Yeah. Now, granted you could say that he's fucking with him, but like, why, why would he not hold that over his head? My thing like, is if Bruce found out who the Joker was and who his family was, I don't see why the Joker couldn't figure that out too. Yeah. Like, why couldn't he figure out that his his family's death was staged and they're in protective services? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I I also like to think, though, that, like, Joker doesn't like that piece of himself. He was fantasizing about it earlier in this. But he's always different. But he's never. Was it? Yeah, that was. No, it wasn't. That was the comedian. It was comedian. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but he's all, he's never smiling when he remembers it. He's smiling in the memory. When he's taken out of the memory is when he's frowning. Yeah. 
in the memories, he's always. But he knows that that wouldn't be how it would be, wouldn't it? I don't know. Could it be <laughs> that the Joker's just so fucking twisted? Let's just go so with that. Joker has a heart. So <laughs> now would be a good time for me to bring up the way that I felt about this story, being that I think this story was hindered greatly by being three issues long. I think all of this could have used so much more expanding and a slower burn to this story. You wouldn't know why it hurts when he left. This story, <laughs> this story <laughs> felt like a very perfunctory, like, we got to do something with the three Jokers story. Let's make it as quick as we can. They no probably consequences. Just like, it's the three Jokers, so we have to do three issues. It's I mean, theming. that is, you know, it, 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 that fits. Three Jokers. I'm not saying I agree with it at all. They are double-sized issues too, though. I mean, it's technically like a six-issue series. Mm -hmm. I felt this story was greatly hindered by its pacing. And just, you know, just like the fact that there's, they bring up the three Joker thing and that they're creating three of them and it's literally a a two-issue thing. And then in the next one, it's just done, you know. They're like Sith Lords. There must be three, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I guess to uh, get to what we'll get to eventually is that I didn't like this story. I didn't think it was very good. But I didn't think it was bad either. Yeah. Because you didn't I, hate it as much as you thought you would? No. <laughs> I I liked some of the concepts they played with. I liked the ideas and the themings. I did not like the concept of dipping people in acid and making more jokers. That's just very silly to me. I liked the concept of taking Jason Todd and trying to further break him and make him into a joker type which has happened in some stories yeah there is a death the death in the family animated movie is a like choose your own adventure i don't know if you've ever seen it nick i haven't seen it Um, it's like choose your own adventure and one of the paths that you can take is that instead of the red hood jason becomes he comes back and he's the joker um and like batman batman literally builds like a jail cell in the bat cave and locks jason in there oh he does that in continuity too he does not to jason but he does that to the Joker at one point. <laughs> well, he does that to Jason. And like the end of the story is that Batman keeps an insane Jason Todd just locked up in a cell in the basement for the rest of his life. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, let me just say like, I enjoy what this story is. Let me rephrase. I enjoy what this story is for Batman, like as a character. And I don't mind the Joker being the catalyst for the events. Like I like the Joker quite a bit. If anything, like actually reading these books for these episodes, it kind of made me realize how much I like the Joker. Like, you know, I I was, I was like, I, anytime someone would ask me like who my favorite Batman villain is, I'd always go with like Mad Hatter or something like that. Like it's just like some off the wall villain that I remember loving from like the animated series or just be like, I don't really have like a a favorite. Like it's just, I have ones that I like aesthetically and stuff, but like Joker's like the clear favorite. Like, you know, (laughs) like you were talking about how the Joker is a very hard He's kind of like Rorschach for me, where he's such an overexposed character. He's overexposed now. They didn't used to use him so much. Now it's like he might not show up in like the main Batman book for a while, but like there's fucking 15 miniseries going on with him in it. Like the Joker (laughs) is undeniably like like a top five comic book character. He's great. You know, um, he's fascinating. But the overexposure and just the way like on social media, you know, people being like, I'm the Joker to her the, Harley and the, stuff. Yeah. The fan, the, 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 <laughs> the misunderstanding of the Joker <laughs> is, you know, holds a, a dark cloud over it for a lot of people, myself included. You know, it's just that. But like when I really think about it, it's like I like the Joker and, and I like that he's one of those characters <clears throat> for me that when I read him, I don't read it in the author's voice. 
it always seems like he's his own alive entity. He's like, like a he's like a character that exists outside of being influenced. Um, yeah. Like the only know. author I would disagree with that is Moore. Alan Moore's Joker. I definitely read in an Alan Moore timbre. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, I still read him like he's like he's alive, like really? he's his own thing. I don't know. I could tell like the more stuff, like that's not to say I can't see the difference between people's jokers because obviously like Tom King's joker is way different than, you know, Alan Moore's or whoever's. But it's just I don't know, he just has that effect on me, or maybe it's just like a mental fascination, like mm-hmm. with the character where it's like because I I tr- I say this all the time where I'm like, I don't really read comics or superhero books in particular for the characters. I have characters I like, obviously, but like I don't fall in love with like comics because of just like I love that character no matter what they do it's like I'm too ingrained in like the idea of like the creative teams to really do that (laughs) like I'm like now granted if like if they were like oh Jonathan Hickman's gonna write a Nova series I'm like that's the best series I've ever read before I've read it you know like whatever like but so there's very few characters for me that I'm like and not that I love them so much that I just I just read them that way but it's like it's just they just have that effect on me can I'm gonna get ahead of you and say something I've never never wanted to say, never thought I would say, is that could it be you think this way about the Joker because you are the most like Joker? <laughs> it could be. I'd take that. <laughs> take that and run with it. But yeah, so I, I don't know. But but that that's all just to say, basically, like, I, I really enjoy the Joker. As a villain, uh, I think he's one of the best. One of my favorites to read. Now, do I want a Joker story every year? No. Uh, moderation is key. I'm also not like, you know, one of those people we were just talking about where I'm like a joker sympathizer and I'm like, he's right and everything's a joke. Fuck the world, herp and derp, you know? But like, you know, I like him when he shows up in stories. It's cool. That being said, I needed to point this out about this story that some people, like the detractors of this book in particular, feel they feel that the joker stuff in this book is pretty inconsequential to him as mm-hmm. a character. And it makes it feel to them like this whole book was like a bait and switch, which is what I was talking about before, where it's like kind of a troll where it's like they don't like explain anything, you know, they'll think like this is something they would say, like with the exception of like the three main characters of this story, you know, Bruce, Barbara, Jason, having like a direct connection to the Joker. It could have been like any villain story. I've heard people say that. And Mm -hmm. they say that Joker is just most appropriate because he's, you know, because of popularity and because he was like the original villain. And I think kind of the opposite. I think it could only work with the Joker. I can't like imagine any other villain because he he has the best stories and he has the most impact like but it's just the story like, would have worked exactly the same without the concept of creating more jokers well sure but i mean you could say that you know you put captain america in place of batman sure it's the same story but it's you know it's it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have that effect and i think that those detractors though are honestly just more upset that it didn't end up being strictly about like the Joker or explaining this dumbass idea of there being three of them or whatever, you know, like it's just like, and again, like I said, I, I say dumbass idea, but it's honestly got like kind of a cool meta angle to it. Like it allows Johns to explore the different eras and origins of the Joker and personalities and stuff. It would be a really cool idea for like an Elseworlds alternate reality story, I think, but putting it in main continuity, uh, that was I think a big choice. Kind of forced their hand to make it in the end that there is only one. Yeah. You know? I think that that's a fitting in though. We want to end and then he's like, and now I'll make more jokers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I actually think that like the personality angle, like playing with the different iterations of the Joker, obviously we already said like, you know, the, the criminal was like the golden age Joker, the old school and the original one. But like, I think it's clever as fuck. Take the silver age Joker and pit him as being very similar to like, the killing joke joker 
and like having them confuse each other for each other mm-hmm. because they kind of were the same like evolution of the character. Mm-hmm. That's a very like nice meta pull, you know, like, mm-hmm. like the fact that those two are kind of the same, but like you mix them up and it's like, no, but are they the same? Like, you know, it's a, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's really clever, even though I hate the scenes where it's nebulous as to which Joker did what, but what I really don't like and we we almost got into this here, Josh, but like the very specific peeve is how it retcons to killing Joe. Yep. Like all those scenes where they clearly say they don't know who each other are. And shit. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know. That takes away so much, too, from the Barbara stuff in the killing joke, because I always liked the idea that Joker didn't know Barbara was Batgirl. Was it was just it consequential, mm-hmm. like to being there to get to Jim, like her being Batgirl was just an added bonus he didn't know about you know like it's when you say that he knew the whole time as opposed to what the killing joke implies it implies that the joker is in the realm where he has plans upon plans and he's five steps ahead and shit and uh i don't like joker necessarily being like that i like him being smart but not like that like you know it's like a he just has like a goal and he reacts in the moment and he should be above like ridiculous planning like he would think that that's stupid (laughs) you know like he's like just do what you want. I mean, he kind of did at the end. Yeah. Yeah. This one. True. Yeah. Take yeah. me in. But then he also said it was the whole thing was set up. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's like, but yeah, it discredits killing joke when he guesses at Batman's origin in that story. It, you know, Batman says that clearly he doesn't know who he is like it. And like I said, just why would they pretend to not know? But, but even after all of that, the best thing I could say about the story and the thing that I actually kind of take away because it's the last thing is Batman finally having some character development. Like, hell yeah, I love that. You know, it's about goddamn time, even though we've discussed before how continuity doesn't really matter for DC. But, you know, (laughs) like I will say Batgirl doesn't get much in the form of development. Like she's more like the righteous sinner of all the characters. And I appreciate her being well adjusted and kind of well equipped mentally to attack this problem head on. Jason, I have sympathy for people who love Jason. I don't really give a shit. So, you know, I liked the Red Hood story, but there has never been a story of that caliber or a story as interesting as when he first came back. So, you know, I'm okay with his depiction in this, I guess. Yeah, I think you mentioned it while we were just talking off recording, but you were like, yeah, I think Jason works better when he's dead. (laughs) I mean, mean, story mileage wise, they've gotten more out of when he was dead than than when he's come back, Um, at least for quality sake, by my standard, at least. But and the only other thing that I really have to say is that Fabic does an amazing job, as we've pointed out many a time. Absolutely. Again, like we kind of touched on it at the end of Killing Joke, but when we're deep diving and discussing something like this and there's so much, you know, of the story to uncover and talk about, uh, we, we do tend to take the art for granted. Sometimes. Yeah. I try to make an effort to point it out, you know, Mm -hmm. cause I'm, that's like the first thing I noticed. Like if, if, if this podcast were run by me, we would go through panel by panel. I'd be talking about like all the colors in this one and the way that he's drawn this and stuff. But we practically did that with Batman white Knight. (laughs) That's why that episode was like three hours long. Exactly. It was a good episode. It was was like, look at the way Sean Sean Murphy drew that. It was so cool. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was Sean Murphy. So that it kind of deserved it. Yeah. But that's not to say that like, Fabic doesn't deserve it in this one. Um, Mr. Fabic is a champion artiste. Fabeculous? I will say like, yes. I will say he's it, my Fabecrit. I guess it kind of depends on what kind of story he's drawing, but Fabic is my, I think, favorite 
like major superhero artists currently working. I, can, yeah. I, I really just love his work. It has this like d- defined like look to it of like where it's like I look at a panel and I'm just like, oh, this shit, it's fucking business. You know, like it's time like for something to happen. Even like some like just dialogue pages are interesting to look at. Yeah, I just I, I love his stuff. I also really like the way like him and Gary Frank and it's it's a lot of modern comic book art I've seen. They've got away from uh, d- digital coloring looks so much better now oh, where yeah. there's so much more subtle shading and you know yeah and it, well i mean and when you have someone like brad anderson who's like the best colorist in the industry like you yeah know? <laughs> that's another thing the colors we didn't really touch on but the color everything about the presentation of this book is like phenomenal yeah. anderson makes people like fabix work just look flawless i, I like would love to it, see like the pencils and stuff to see how much just that color really brings it to life yeah and i mean like yeah, they, Anderson and Fabic together are just like, it's a fucking match made. Like that art is just unstoppable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know anything else there, guys. We did it. We did three Jokers. Hmm? Yeah. You didn't actually ask that last time. But, well, I figured it was a pull. Yeah. <laughs> so I forgot to ask. So are we going to pull three Jokers or drop it, Max? It would be a drop <laughs> for me. Um, like I said, I didn't, I, I had a very negative preconception of this story. Just thinking that's a dumb concept and I don't want to, I don't want to read that. And then what I got was a dumb concept that overshadowed a lot of really good concepts. I didn't dislike the story, but I didn't I didn't particularly like it. Yeah. So but at least it was better than you thought it would be. Yeah. It, this is like a very middle. of This is like a, a five out of ten. For it's a, me. It's a really funny book to talk about a lot (laughs) (laughs) to mention a bunch. We did not need to spend two hours talking about it. In in contrast to the killing joke, which has been analyzed to death a billion times, this is probably the first time this has been analyzed. Nah, people picked this shit apart when it was coming out. They were like, do you think, do you think our discussion on the irredeemable Ant-Man was the most in-depth someone's (laughs) went on that? It's probably pretty close. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it has to be right. Like, but I was going to say, like, I, I wanted to keep asking you more questions and, and have you talk more. But I was like, we're going a lot longer on this one than I thought. So yeah. maybe I won't. Yeah. Had to get through all three jokers. We could talk for hours, boys. <laughs> what about you, Josh, though? Would you pull it or drop it? Uh, <sighs> I feel bad that you liked everything that you read leading up to this. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I, I think but I'm glad I, I got you to read some Seminole yeah, Batman stories. For sure, I, I absolutely <laughs> love that. But so from a from a literal point of like pull it or pick it, meaning like, did you like it? Would you continue reading it? I would pull it or pull it or pull drop, drop it. it. Drop it. I would drop it. Yeah. Like as as something like that, I would drop it. As somebody who has a lot of free time to read and loves getting kind of re caught up on comic books, I would read a follow up to this. And also, you, you know, you're. All of us are like it where you just like having more stuff on your shelf. For sure. Yeah. Um, it's fun to just collect the story, read it, put it up on the shelf and be like, yeah, I have that. Mm-hmm. You got to roll with the good and roll with the middling. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I've, I'm, I'm in this really weird spot where like from from your grading method, I would I would drop it. But from myself, like personally and the way I am with comic books and these kind of stories, I was interested enough. I love art enough if they do a follow up with Fabic. I will read that. So yeah. uh, in that way, it is a pull. You know, I will say one thing that just kind of came to mind about this book. It feels like it teeters on being like too dumb or simple to like really care about or revisit. But it's like just interesting enough 
to have stuff that warrants talking about a lot. It's got a lot of neat moments. Yeah. It's like an unimportantly important story yeah. for the overall like mythos. Yeah. Because like I said, by the end of the story, the status quo of before the Mobius chair said, there's tweed jokers. I wish the Mobius chair showed up right at the end. We forgot to tell you about a fourth joke. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, basically, like like we said, at the end of the story, the status quo is reestablished. It is, but like Batman has uh, progressed a little. Yes. Internally. Yeah, I like, and like you mentioned, the stuff with Joe Chill, like that kind of resolution is nice. That's kind of cool. I I like that. But That's the best part of the book. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the three chills. The three chills. Turns out there's three Joe Chills. <laughs> that Joe Chill wasn't the one who killed his parents. Yeah. <laughs> he was wrongfully accused. That's the sequel. Three oh, Chills. Fuck. And Batman's like, I felt better about myself for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel bad all over again. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. I'm glad that we finally got to do this one. I still won't stop making jokes about it, but it is never. <laughs> this has been an albatross around my neck <laughs> for a long time. And it is nice to be done with it. I like how you were like, this would never be a book that I would like put on your list for you to leave. <laughs> but, but, but just because I've made so many jokes about it and you've showed so much disdain for the idea, I was just like, gotta have Max on here to do three jokes. It's like having, having Carl for Watchmen where he was like, I fucking hate that book. <laughs> and we were like, we gotta have him. Well, you know, you need varying opinions. Yeah. Right. What were you going to say, Josh? Uh, I don't remember. Something funny. Yeah three jokers there we go <laughs> well there you have it everybody thanks for listening if you want to support this podcast please check out our patreon at patreon.com slash none of my friends like comics that way we can continue to provide you with even more great content it's never expected but always appreciated follow the show on twitter at no comic friends for update <laughs> you gotta keep that <laughs> What the fuck? Follow the show on Twitter at No Comic Friends for updates, or you can email the show with your comments, opinions, and thoughts at none of my friends like comics at gmail.com. And if you mark it okay to air, we will read it on the air. We just want to get the word out about the show, so tell your friends and family who might be interested to give us a listen. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thanks again for listening. We will see you on the next page. And I'm going to end this episode with what Batman should have said to Barbara and Jason after the conflict in this book came to a head. Looks like we were the three jokers all along. <laughs>